0: Hi listener, thanks for pressing play on episode 121 of the Jock and Nerd podcast. Here's what we got. The jock, the nerd, rock boy, the ginger geek himself Matt Dalhauer and Suicide Squad. And a couple other things, but mostly Suicide Squad. What more do you need? What? Some catchy fun theme music? Here you go. This is the Jock and Nerd podcast with your hosts Anthony mm-hmm. And Imran. Jock and Nerd! Hello, friend. Welcome. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. And thanks for tuning in to the Jock and Nerd podcast, episode 121. Our big Suicide Squad review. This is going to be... Highly anticipated. Uh, oh, highly. The last Suicide Squad review on the internet, because uh, everyone's probably put theirs out now. Uh, joining us... Of course, if you've been listening, we have our felty buddy, Rug Boy, Good Earth Rugs. How you doing? What's up, dudes? Let's fuck up some shit. Uh, Let's do it. I like your enthusiasm. Also joining us, friend of the show, uh, the ginger geek himself, Matt Delhauer. Matty, how's it going? What's up, dudes? (laughs) Oh, no. Wait, I'm confused. Uh, (laughs) I asked Matt Delhauer, not Rugs. Shut up for a second. Matt, how's it going? (laughs) Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, what the hell, Rug Boy? I'm doing all
1: right.
2: Thanks, man. I noticed you didn't use very special guest because – what is it because Matt Delhauer's been on this show because Matt times? starts
1: Matt starts demanding to be on the show yeah.
0: more. Plus, no, really, it's because Anthony called me out on our last episode for calling everyone special, and uh, he's right in the sense that, Matt, I wanted to announce to the listener and to you... You're
1: saying, I'm, you're saying I'm not
0: special. You're not special, but... You're <laughs> you <are> not special. <laughs> you're not special. You're better than special, Matt. You are officially part of the family. We are adopting you. Welcome Kevin to nerd! the... Uh, I'm, your people will be in touch with my people. We'll start the paperwork. Uh, Your family, you've been on the show so much.
2: He's being update, upgraded to a reoccurring cast member.
0: Absolutely. You're uh, part of like a uh, uh, special guest uh, also starring. Yeah. Uh, credit. Uh, how do you feel about that, Matty?
1: Um, I love it. Soon Deep I might moment. even get to have my my face on a bunch of stuff that's like uh, like coffee mugs. You know why? A <laughs> off.
2: You know why? Matt loves yes
1: yes it? because he demands to be on the show. He holds us
2: ransom all the time <laughs> to fucking be on this show. I'm I'm holding Rugboy and. If you have T-minus 12 hours to respond and get me on the oh, show, otherwise shit. I'm cutting off his arm. He's- I will I
1: will be sending fingers. Yes.
0: Del Hauer's got rug boy leverage. And look, if you've listened to the show, you've heard, man, on a great series called What the Fuck Happened where he beautifully deconstructs shitty superhero movies. And uh, we go through, and those are a lot of fun. Check the feed. But if you're a first time listener, look, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to talk about Suicide Squad. Before that, we're going to comment on the new Rogue One trailer that just dropped because yeah. it's pretty exciting. We're going to get to our full Suicide Squad review. We have some listener reviews uh, to play and to read, which is very exciting. Uh, and then I want to shout out to a little uh, charity campaign, our buddies. David Malofsky's doing over A Place to Hang Your Cape, and some iTunes rev- reviews to share, and that's it. Boom. That's, that's it. You're the in for show. a long one. Look, in a it's nutshell, it's going to be
1: like three, three and a half. Yeah.
0: Settle in, you fuckers. Uh, before we begin, though, we have kind of a big announcement. Uh, Speaking of the family, there's been kind of a loss in the family. Uh, Just to get everyone on the same page real quick.
2: The home home has been foreclosed.
0: The home has been foreclosed. We've had to short sale. For the past 10 months, we've uh, been recording live shows on this live streaming platform called Blab. Blab. If you're a regular listener, you've heard us talk about it. You've probably uh, subscribed to us, met us there. You've heard all the wackiness. Basically, live screen, you got to see Rugboy in person, Four boxes, live chat, lots of fun. Well, listener, Blab is officially dead. Oh, shit. Now, new listener means nothing to you. And for the podcast, it really means nothing. We're going to keep going.
2: I would say for like 95% of our listeners,
0: Blab means nothing. But I think I wanted to take a minute and just say thank you. To the Blab team for creating this thing because it did a lot for live streaming. It did a lot for us. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm kind of sad. I loved. You I are loved you. You're definitely Blab.
2: taking this the hardest.
0: I for really sure. loved Blab. It was very fun, exciting, easy to get on. Uh, I think they're they're going to be remembered as starting this kind of live stream trend. You know, m- years from now, they were definitely definitely an instrumental part of it.
3: Well, I have a I have a critique of of it. Sure. By the way.
0: Yes. I, yes.
3: You know, Blab was this place that everybody got to see I was a felty for the first time. And I had to reveal myself to the world. So it took a lot for me to go on Blab. But I noticed that, you know, we were doing a show once a week. We were going on. I was probably popping in and out a few times a week on different shows, on Kermit and Friends and stuff like that. Yeah, I noticed that people would just watch anything, people just hanging out talking to each other. It wasn't... Nobody cared about the content. Nobody gave a shit about the content. You're right. So what Blab is saying is that there wasn't enough content... Nobody gave a fuck about the content. Everybody just wanted to sit there and blab and talk to each
0: other. You're absolutely right, Ruggs. And I'll post this link in our show notes, shockhunder.com slash one two one. It's a post from the creator, the founder of Blab.
2: Pretty honest take.
0: Oh, it's really nice. interesting, and it's a great insight into like a startup and technology. Uh, basically he said exactly what you said, Rugs, is they wanted to for it to be an always on place for people to hang on. And they had 3.9 million users. Like they couldn't figure out how to make a thing with 3.9 million million users feasible that's kind of amazing they said it's not gone forever they're going to rebuild it but they want it to be an always on hangout and first when i got into blab it was kind of like it reminded me of my freshman dorm where you go into this room you hang out with these people and then you go into the next room and there's a whole bunch of other people and you just jump into that conversation lots of fun now we just brought our show to it but blab can be credited for launching shows giving people the courage to go live and now anthony i you know i think we answered the question for ourselves we could do a live show no problem
2: yeah for sure i think blab had a few according to that article and from experience they had a few tests that they kind of failed they had they the ufc got into blab Couple of celebrities got into like making announcements on Blab, and Blab would shut down.
0: Yeah, the one, the one big time they had to test themselves, uh, yeah. it did crash. This article is great because it goes through the highlights and lowlights, and I love they have Martin Triquelli as a highlight and a lowlight, which is completely accurate. And because, a lowlight, yeah, and a, <laughs> a fucking lowlight. del how you actually got to make it on one of our Blab shows. Uh,
1: I think I'm what killed it,
0: but it might have been the couldn't handle the ginger, the ginger geek Blab couldn't Fire handle it. over here. If they can yeah, handle you, no. they can handle anything.
1: It's, it, I think it's the fact that uh, not having a soul, usually a camera, cannot capture my image. So the fact that I was able to show up, something it's must have gone Del wrong.
0: Delhauer's fault. <laughs> Look, the beauty is, listener, if you want to live our, our great moments, the friends we made, it's all on our YouTube page. Just visit jockaneer.com slash YouTube. I feel bad for those people who had recorded shows, didn't download them, because it's all gone. You can't download your shit anymore.
2: We should shout out a few people. I mean, Jordan the Pies. was
0: Of course, Jordan Radford, yeah. very instrumental in creating the look w- with us, working that fourth box. Yeah, the but Lounge
2: m- Network was always on. Carlos.
0: Carlos, uh, Dakota, there was Angel, those, there was do Do right, dude, Do we right. met fucking Mr. Do-Right. So that's just to say thank you, Blab, for the, the one year, the 10 months he gave us for making awesome friends that we're, we're still going to have. You know, it's not like the friends went away. The show isn't going away. No. You know, and so basically the question, you know, that's going to come up and we had people tweet us. Homeworld Arts asked, where will you guys be streaming now? David Malofsky, what does this mean for Jock and Nerd? Uh, Cosmo Fox, are you guys still going to try and stream live somewhere? I love the live interaction. And hope you guys can find something. Anthony, what do you want what do we want to tell them?
2: For now, we're not gonna live stream, just because platforms right now are still kind of in this beta uh not easy uh standing phase where we don't know if they're gonna go away. And we don't want people jumping around and then telling them, nope, you know, follow us here now. Nope, follow us here. And to be honest, for Rug boy, especially, it's a lot of work doing the live
0: thing. <laughs> it becomes a production. And, so. and
2: when there's, and when there's, I mean, not to demean who does come in and watch, but when there's less than ten people watching, you know, a live stream, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth the time. And this was this was always intended to be an audio only podcast, absolutely. And we just kind of evolved into the live thing. Um,
0: so I'll be honest. You can
2: always listen on. Audio. Yeah,
0: no, the show is not going anywhere. Yeah. Audio is still the easiest consumable form of media. I'll be honest. I caught the fucking live bug. I loved yeah. the energy, the live interaction, the comments, the people. They would help the conversation, and we would come up with things we wouldn't have thought of. But I will reiterate what Anthony said. We're going to take a break from the live. We're going to take a look at the space. Keep an eye on the space. The minute we find out something that's stable, it's got legs, uh, we'll check it out. We'll definitely let you know. But you can enjoy all the content on YouTube Rugs. You're going to miss the it, – again, it was the birth of the visual rug boy. You're going to miss the blab a little bit.
3: Well, you know, I really uh, enjoyed the times where we shined. You know, there was times where we had like – remember we had that 1,000 listeners in one night?
0: That was – we made the front page and like uh, – and, and it blew up for yeah. one night. And that that stuff like that is exciting and special. N-
3: yeah, we get like a thousand listeners in, on our podcast, but it, it was different all at once, in one shot, people coming in and out, commenting. It was something – it was really – there was something to it that you can't do on a podcast. Now, this this show is a podcast. It always was a podcast, and uh, we're, we never stopped doing it as a podcast, and most of our listeners are podcast listeners, so there's no reason for us to actually – Give a shit that there's no live show. No,
0: but I think it helped us kind of tighten the show our, with our chemistry and timing and just like, because doing it live. Well,
2: the live aspect will always keep you on your toes. Yeah, a you're bit forced more.
0: to just uh, get to the shit and cut the well, bullshit. There,
2: there was, I mean, there's two moments I can think of off the top of ha- my head. The, the, the thousand listeners on Blab that one time. And then the other time when we got Elisa Jordana on. Yeah, and that I was, was a literally good. at a wedding yeah, blabbing yeah, All with you drunk
0: guys. and Elisa Giordano yeah. was at a restaurant. Right. Listen, all that stuff. It's, it's not it's gone. It's It's at our YouTube page. Uh, so check it out. So thanks. I'm
2: sorry, Imran. Bl- I know you Blab took this really hard. You were crying on I, my shoulder. I was little, it's sad. That, was look, gone. whatever. And I told you it was going to go away.
0: <laughs> you were right. Again, as always. Oh, shit. I'm never going to learn. But thank you, Blab. We'll miss well, you. Delhauer's
1: got something to say. Yeah, the, the, the question that I have about it is when they said that there wasn't enough in Susan. the way of
0: content,
1: you know, are they talking about... Because I feel like you know, there isn't enough in a way of content, but they wanted it to be a live kind of hangout thing. Do I feel like the problem is really that they weren't monetizing it properly? Like they felt they weren't getting enough out of it? I think they, what the article said was people were bringing their
2: shows on to Blab yeah. with us and yeah. other people. So that was actual real content, but that, but that was, would only happen once or twice a week. Right. One you, hour a but week. You, but then you had people exactly. literally coming home from work, going on to Blab, looking to just hang out and look for things. And this oh, is
0: okay. you, this is two very different things. It's a very important distinction in where this thing is going to go forward because already there's, there's another thing right now called Fire Talk that a lot of the Blab users are going to. But you, in there, on their splash page, they're using the terminology already. It says – you go there. It says – Always on live streaming. So now these companies are making the distinction that this is a hangout place. This is not for broadcasting. This we want you here. We want you to come home instead of turning on the television. You turn on Blab or Fire Talk and you hang out for the rest of the night.
2: I mean, Blab was doing like live yoga.
0: Yeah, like a lot of fun stuff, but the, you know, the potential for the teaching and the web conferencing live, someone's going to figure it out. This is the first step. I
3: wonder what Prime is going to do now.
0: He's on Facebook Live, dude. He's rocking his own thing on Facebook Live, which now, you know, that's a billion people there, but you've got to be on Facebook to uh, enjoy it. So.
1: And you also have to be following whoever it is to get yeah. what they're putting out there.
0: And more, there's more and more live content out there. It the,
1: was, uh, the thing about the live streaming, just one last thing yeah. to me, is
2: that shit's fucking expensive to be live streaming mm. 24
0: hours you mean oh, yeah. from the like from, blabs, yeah. End. blabs yeah. end yeah blabs end yeah for yeah.
2: whoever's going to yeah. decide to want to do that that that's not a chat room no and that's what they're tr- they're trying to create a virtual a visual chat room
0: absolutely but a that shit's expensive
2: room. yeah and you've got to be able to monetize that pretty quickly.
0: It's all based on something called WebRTC. So all these uh, new services, and they're taking the WebRTC. And they're trying to polish it, make it better. Uh, Blab team is working on something called Bebo. So whenever you see this, something Bebo that makes it big, that's the Blab people. That's what they left Blab to go do. Well, good luck to them. Good luck to them. Thanks for the memories that will always live on. Uh, let's talk about a trailer. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Yeah. Uh, we had a comment because uh, Rogue One trailer uh, just dropped Thursday night during the Olympics. Uh, during the Blab. During, during the, the blab. blab. And actually, I put it in uh, – it's at the end. It's live in the show. We watched it. Once we left with Jeff, we threw it up in the Blab. So nice. you can catch that all on the post show on Patreon, which is free, by the way. I always leave the Blab early. Uh, yes, you do. You fucking spoil sport. What did you guys think of this trailer? Uh, Delaware? you want to comment?
1: I thought it was awesome. I mean, it, it definitely it showcased a bit more humor than the first one did, which I think is what Disney was a little afraid of, was they didn't want it to be uh, too considered too dark or too adult or anything like that for being a Star Wars movie. Mm. So there's definitely a bit more humor in it, but it seems like it's still darker humor because it's jokes like, I won't kill you now and stuff like that. It, but as far as I see, it still is holding a lot of this um, ground-level perspective in, like, the Star Wars universe that everyone was saying Gareth Edwards was going to bring to it. So I'm still pretty excited about it.
0: Uh, you know, it's funny. Like Unlike Warner Brothers, where this studio stepped in, there's reshoots, and they didn't like the tone, uh, this you really don't see it affected negatively in this trailer. Like, it looks cool. Like, you still get – the kind of battle movie aspect uh, of a Star Wars trailer. Ruggs, what do you think of this trailer? Did
3: Gareth Evans get, or Edwards, I don't know. There's <laughs> two guys, there, Evans and Edwards. <clears throat> did, did he get the the director's credit?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's, okay. directi- he's directing this movie.
3: Well, he directed it. and And then, right. then, then the studio came in and fixed it.
0: They it, did some he, stuff, but you don't uh, you don't really see it. Uh, he's gonna get the director. Yeah, they're not
1: gonna give him the Alan Smithy treatment. Uh, yeah.
0: <clears throat> it still seems like a Gareth Edwards movie. You know what I'm saying?
2: I want to. blotty's gonna bring up this point later, but reshoots happen all the time, right? So it, just because a reshoot happened doesn't mean you take away the director's
0: uh, credit. No.
3: no, but I felt like that there was something like they didn't like his movie at all.
0: Well, they said it wasn't that like That was a report, yeah. Yeah, that, that it we'd, didn't we'd, feel right. like a Star Wars movie. What
2: did you think of the this trailer, Ruggs?
3: I thought it was okay. I feel like it's a little bit more grounded than Star, than the other Star Wars stuff. It's not as fantastical. You know, the, yeah. you know, yeah. it seems like grounded. It seems like there's a little
0: bit more teeth to it, you know. I like seeing, like, we see that walled city is this, like, Jedi pilgrimage city called Jeddah, which is kind of cool. There's, I like when he talks about using the Force. He's a non-Jedi. Also, being able to tap into the Force, that's kind of interesting. Uh, this looks like to be a new robot everyone's going to love, like C-3PO. Yeah. But well, it possibly. makes me
1: wonder yeah. with, with the, the blind not a Jedi Jedi guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. That guy um, cool. is, not I yet. wonder if
1: they're going to be start, if they're going to take this and that means they're going to build it into an idea where like, there are people who worship the force as a religion, despite not being able to actually use it.
0: I mean that, the that walled city kind of resembles like Jerusalem and it's, it's, you know, it's called Jeddah, which is like Jeddah, which is like a holy city in, in, in Saudi Arabia. There's a lot of these building that this thing is kind of a religion right now. In that timeline, I thought one thing I thought was weird, like science nerd wise, is seeing the giant starship destroyer like inside the atmosphere. Think about that yeah. for a second. Those ships are built to fly through hyperspace. You know, they if you,
3: shouldn't be able to fly in the atmosphere.
0: No, you shouldn't. compare it to our space shuttle needs a boost to break through the atmosphere, and then the space shuttle goes. This thing should not be able to come just into the atmosphere, it would fucking no get way. destroyed. Yeah, the, Imran. We, they we also dropped, like, fight with laser swords. Well, that is yeah, true. Yeah. and they, uh, There's you know, also this thing called people. the Force. They <laughs> choke <laughs> people with their mind. Yes. So, and, yeah, we, but, you know. <laughs> and again, the mo- thing that got me most mm-hmm. Geek is simply the split second shot of the back of Vader's goddamn head. I, that's, I was like, show me Vader.
2: That's the money shot right there. And
0: then that did it. That was enough.
2: I didn't need it before. from From my novice. Uh, Jedi point of view because I don't fucking follow Star Wars all that closely.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, I have to say, I like the fact that there's two Asian guys in this movie that's not a Kung Fu movie. Yeah. Um, that's good, cool.
0: Good diverse cast. Good
2: diverse cast. And I've always thought Gareth Edwards is good at showing scale and uh, painting things from a ground level and looking up. And I think everything that I saw on this film looks like he's still uh, able to uh, capture those moments. He's
0: got Forrest Whitaker as this dude called Saw Guerrero, who's like a rebel extremist who's in the cartoon.
1: He was in the Clone Wars show. In the show, one the, uh, yeah. One of the extremists working.
0: Making his, uh, that show canon then.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: connecting that's that right. fucking shit. That's, so that's pretty cool. That's the
1: first thing that connects the prequel series to the,
0: the new movies. It's pretty exciting, I think this movie's going to destroy you, I mean it's Disney and Star Wars
2: do you guys think I mean other they showed Darth Vader, which helps a lot, but do you still think for the non hardcore Star Wars fan that they're going to think this is episode eight yeah this um, is so- I
1: think that's the problem is that those those who don't recognize that they're doing spin off movies and then episodic movies are going to up until like a moment when they're either told differently or not are going to think that oh this is this is the next Star Wars movie and it's gonna be like, well where's Ray and what's going on? Right. Why are we why are we following yeah. this story? But
0: but in the title they're fucking spelling it out for you with Rogue One, a Star Wars story, like it's a goddamn children's
2: book. Well I mean the thing is it's not, you know it's a prequel to um,
0: everything. It is a prequel. I mean, yeah. for all intents and purposes. And I mean There's still people that think the the Wonder Where the X-Men are in Marvel movies. <laughs> they like, yeah, like, those same people would be like, <laughs> "Wait, this is not the next movie, but look, we po- we could have the possibility of like a mention of Han Solo, of Boba Fett, or maybe Chewbacca in this like I think it could be lots of fun. I wonder if there's going to be even more Godzilla in this movie than there
1: was in the actual Godzilla movie. Well, I was going to say, I know a lot of people were really, really excited about like seeing the shots where they have like the you know the ground forces that are taking on the ATATs. Yeah. For the new trailer, honestly, it was the one bit where she's walking on like the the catwalk of of some sort of platform, yeah. and they have the shuttle come and up the in TIE fighter
0: comes up. Yeah, or
1: yeah the, uh, the, like the thing's that thing's awesome. And that's the thing is like you said, he has this this vision for just scale of of how how big things really are that we have never seen with the other movies.
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because you know what they're doing is in the old Star Wars they had to do everything practical. And when you do stuff practical, you lose out on that reality because you don't you're not really with with computer graphics now though, you can actually get those views and it really works for some reason i don't know why i just think it's when you use the practical stuff it's a little harder to get that scale
4: yeah i
2: like the uh the rocket launcher shot into a new yeah right in in into his face
0: that's Is very that? godzilla like think of like the godzilla getting shot in the face with missiles godzilla cool. would just
2: walk right through that shit
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh also uh yeah it's a good trailer i'm, I'm hyped i'm uh I think it seems
2: like everyone's excited
0: I think the word of mouth will help, uh, and this movie should do pretty good. I don't I, know if it's going to do I don't Force know, Awakens I don't, I
2: don't know if Star Wars necessarily needs word of mouth. No, it ever. doesn't. No, it's just <laughs> Star Wars.
1: Probably one of the few like <laughs> recession-proof concepts. <laughs> you
2: just throw think,
0: Star Wars. You guys heard of this little independent movie?
1: <laughs> I think it's going to be just a decent
3: movie. It's not going to be amazing. It's not going to be like, holy shit. I think it will just be okay.
1: I'll be excited enough that the first time I see it, I'll probably think it's like the greatest fucking thing, and yeah. then I'll see it a second time. And be Like, all right, it had a couple of problems.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm excited because after Force Awakens, I want, I get that, but show isn't me that, some new shit.
1: I feel like that's the reaction to Force Awakens.
0: Yeah,
2: everyone's like, wow, Star Wars it's back, and then they watch it again. They're like, like man, this is the same movie we all saw all the six same times.
0: Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and granted, you have yet another Death Star, but this is like the original Death Star. It's uh, it's not the same thing. I, I've already I'll, heard I'll
1: complaints say- about that. <laughs> When it, came to, when it came to Force Awakens, I saw the movie twice in theaters, um, and I saw – like, I understand where everyone was like, oh, it's, it's basically a beat-for-beat beat remake of, of uh, A New Hope, and I still don't give a
0: shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> still fucking good. Uh, and then I uh, just real quick, we got to say rest in peace to uh, little guy Kenny Baker. Uh, just died at 81. Kenny Baker, if you don't know, was the dude inside R2-D2. And oh, the, how tall is this dude? He's he was three uh, eight. Holy shit! Uh, uh, he was inside R two D two in all the three original movies: Star Wars, Empire, and Return of the Jedi, and even I consulted. Think he was
1: in um, Phantom Menace as well.
0: Oh, he was in Phantom Menace, and he consulted on Force Awakens. He was also in uh, Flash Gordon, Labyrinth, Time Bandits. Click on him. Um, and he had uh, he had been suffering in health. He was in a wheelchair and stuff, but. I I just remember – I remember back in the 80s, PBS had a great behind-the-scenes like making of the Star Wars series and I had videotaped it and I would watch it over and over again. And I just remember getting a kick out of seeing that there was a guy inside R2 and really, I mean, he maybe gave it like a human touch uh, by having a person in there. with with the remote control at some point? I think it was like combination, like he could do stuff, and then it was also remote-controlled.
2: N- up until this moment, I never knew there was a man
0: in yeah, there. Yeah, it's a little dude, him and Anthony Daniels, C-3PO. Rest in peace, dude. Rest I'm in the peace, little guy. Let's get well, to... Rest in little guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's get to the movie <laughs> review. God damn it. God damn it. All right, I'm going to hit this button so you guys know. Let's spoil some shit, Batman. <laughs> Cause we're well, gonna st-
2: ironic because Batman is in this, this movie.
0: Batman is in this movie being David Ayers, written and directed Suicide Squad, the uh, third movie in DCEU. Uh, whatever the fuck they're trying to build. Uh, <laughs> in this house of cards of movies. Oh, in this uh, house of delicately stacked cards that they called the DCEU. Of course, let's start with some numbers. Again, Rotten Tomatoes' uh, critic score is at still at 27%.
2: Is that lower than BVS? Look it up real
0: quick. Uh, it might be the same. Audience score is uh, at 70%, which is very... Uh, quite a disparity there. It's,
2: the audience score is always, though, way higher. And like I've Ooh. read that audience scores are usually, like if it's in the 70s, actually that's not that great.
0: Uh, compared to Batman vs. Superman, uh, oh, wow. Same 27%, 65% uh,
2: for What's, uh, Metacritic the audience. Because there's there's fan there's people that say Metacritic is the, the Well, more since you active.
0: wanted it so badly, Anthony, you can announce the Metacritic score. That's a 40 Not very good. User score here, 6.7. However, it broke a lot of box office records. By all intents, seemingly a hit right off the bat. $20 million on the Thursday it
2: opened. Seemingly.
0: Seemingly. Opens it for the biggest August opening ever. On record, 135 million domestic, beating Guardians of the Galaxy which made 94 million August of 2014. This is also the biggest Will Smith opening something I was surprised That's about.
2: Surprising for sure.
0: Also, it it pushed them over a billion dollars Warner Brother gross profit for the year.
2: Profit or revenue? Uh gross. Okay. Yeah. Uh
0: and currently the movie has made uh about 222 million domestic, 465 million worldwide. Nice. over a, a 175 million dollar budget but we all know how budget numbers can be fudged thanks to our buddy Jeff Hillier right, right. from the last show
2: you want to get into now, the negative on that
0: well yes you had mentioned you know you got to look at the second week drop from friday to friday and i found two different numbers i don't know which one it is basically what happened is it lost the number one spot on the next friday just barely Two sausage party. Oh shit! Wow, which has grossed to be the highest R-rated animated opening ever. Now that movie looks funny
2: as shit. It I gotta, really does.
0: I kind of want to see that. So it beat it by like point two million, whatever. Uh, so they're saying some places said seventy nine percent, some places said sixty seven percent. Anywhere between sixty seven and seventy nine percent drop. I don't know how to figure this out.
2: Do you click on the box office thing again? 67%. So right. according
0: to Box Office Mojo, 67%, which I think is about... That's a high drop. That's a high drop. It's, okay. I think uh, Batman vs Superman was similar. Yeah. So there it is with the numbers. Uh, let's get to opening thoughts of this movie starring uh, Will Smith as Deadshot, Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn. Viola Davis. Viola, Viola Davis Long. is Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller. Also, well, is notable? Jared Leto, of course, as the Joker. And a couple of Ike Barinholtz from Mad TV. Jai Courtney. <laughs> Jai Courtney. As Boomerang. Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg. Joel Kinnaman playing Rick Flagg. And a bunch of other people. Common. Common was in this
2: movie. <laughs> yeah, Common.
0: <laughs> and cameos yeah. by Ezra Miller, Ben Affleck. Uh, a,
2: lot of, a, lot of different, a lot of actors and actresses. Uh, opening thoughts?
0: Yeah, let's go with opening thoughts. Do we want to recap? I think at this point no, everybody's we don't seen need to recap. the fucking movie. No, we're,
2: we're, we're, a week, we're over a week out from this Del movie. are you
0: saw this movie most recently, I believe.
1: Yeah, I saw it just two days ago.
0: Okay, let's go. Initial thoughts. What? Let, why don't you start it off? My initial
1: thoughts as a quick summary was I enjoyed it. I actually, you know, after seeing that a lot of people were saying that that. They thought it was terrible, that this was yet another reason as to why DC and, and Warner Brothers are not doing well with movies, and, you know, oh, what the hell happened here? Everyone was so excited for this one. I, I went in with decently low expectations. I had a few people say it's not nearly as bad as, as they had read, and I agree. I think the movie is a lot of fun, and I think that's what the movie needed to be. It didn't need to be Oscar-winning, and it won't be, but it definitely was not capable of being below Batman versus Superman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that possible? Yeah, pretty good. Rugs, uh, what are your opening initial thoughts there?
3: Well, I had a lot of problems with this movie. I think that there were some people who did uh, a good job in the acting department, like Will Smith was good. Um, you know, Viola Davis was good. And I think that the whole thing of getting these people together worked. But everything else, anything that revolved the story and the bad guy and like the threat and then then them going in with an army of people, it really didn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, a lot of things didn't make sense. Anthony, your
2: opening thoughts. So I've I've had some time to stew on this movie. Um, I still think the acting, there's some good uh, standout acting. Will Smith, Viola Davis, Margot Robbie, um, all did very good in my opinion. But I think there a lot of this, a lot of the the positive reaction. To this movie is because it's not Batman versus Superman. It's not you know dreary and and we don't care about these characters as much as we do about Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. So we want we don't we don't care if these characters get mishandled because who the fuck gives a shit about Slipknot? Like seriously,
0: absolutely, no one, you know, no one. Especially not the writers. So
2: when you compare it to Batman versus Superman, you're like, man, this film was a, a step in the right direction. But then when you think about this film as a whole and as a a real film film's not good it's a mess it's not it's not a good film it's not it's there's a lot of there's a lot of holes in this film that i think we will get into um yeah but overall i'd say the at least the film was entertaining it doesn't mean this film was good.
0: Yeah, I'll agree. Basically, I'm. Uh, I feel the same way. fellas. like I, Warner Brothers uh, has me beaten down to this point where I it, I have no expectations. All I wanted was to have fun with a superhero movie. And you know what? To me, they succeeded. I had a good time. I feel the cast's chemistry saved the movie. They were having a blast. You felt uh, having fun. But aside from that, uh, you know, from the behind the scenes to the way they put this together to the plot to the bad guy. Uh, yes, there is a whole lot of things that will make sense, but it had the benefit of not having to be that movie, not having to be Batman versus Superman. Uh, and I wish they used that potential a little bit more.
2: Oh, Rugboy's got a
0: hand up. Uh, Rugboy, comment.
3: I just – when you think about this, all right, think about the fact that this movie – is not an unoriginal concept. Like I mean, everybody has has done this. Like the Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. Dirty the seven Dozen, samurai, the Dirty Dozen, Expendables, bad guys. You do good stuff. You know, we, we've seen this before and, and done better in, in Guardians. Ways. Yes, yes, Guardians of the Galaxy. So I mean, this concept has been done many times. I don't think they did it best here.
0: No, I agree. No. Look, let's oh, no. get, let's let's split it up. Let's start with a little positivity. Okay. What do you say? Yeah. Dalhauer, I want you to tell me one thing you really enjoyed about Suicide Squad. Let's just start. Captain Boomerang. Oh, okay. Jai Courtney. And you know what? Kind of a surprise because Jai Courtney usually can be just really annoying and you fucking hate him and he's well, stiff the, and wooden.
1: The, the internet hates Jai Courtney. Or they now love him because he's just yeah, Jai he, Courtney. Yeah, he has redeemed himself in the eyes of the internet. I think the reason is is because up until this point, Jai Courtney has been Tom Hardy light. Ah. Um, he has been your go to uh, generic background tough guy kind of character. And the only real thing he had to his name was he was like, I think he was the bad guy in Jack Reacher who only said maybe two lines of dialogue. And then he was one of the bad guys in the Divergent movies. He was in
0: Terminator so, Genesis, right? He
1: was. Co- oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Completely he, yeah. forgettable. He was yeah, in no Terminator Genesis, that. he was also in Die Hard.
3: Yes, but yeah, before well, that,
1: well, I would say being in the fifth Die Hard and the fifth Terminator movie also doesn't help. No, you, uh, that's never a good uh, make you know, set you aside. But um, it really was just like this. This was the first time he got to play a character that wasn't just a cardboard cutout of a character. He was. It wasn't the most dynamic <laughs> <and
0: it wasn't laughs> or a fleshed so much, out character. Yeah,
1: exactly. He, they didn't give you almost anything in the way of a background, but. They, they put him in a spot where he really shined as comedic relief, Yeah, and I think that was really something he needed to prove.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I, I always uh, remember Jai Courtney from uh, when he was in Spartacus, Blood and Sand. He was this the best friend of Spartacus for a while, and then he had to like, sacrifice himself to protect Spartacus, and he was great in that role. And I was very surprised that when he actually hit it big and got into these movies, everybody hated his guts.
4: But,
3: <laughs> I mean, I understand why now because I've seen his performances and they haven't been good.
0: But. I think it benefited from him just having to play like a drunk Australian fuck, which is like probably just <laughs> him being himself. Uh, it, he says
1: uh he has said in an interview that this is this character is the closest to him yeah. he has ever gotten to play, yeah, and that's probably why he's able to embody it embody it so much better than he's done with being like the silent bad guy,
0: yeah, yeah, no, he was clearly having fun with that rugs. Give me uh something you liked about the movie
3: well, how could you not like Margot Roby? she was uh, they put her on. Yeah. Screen a lot. They they let her be the like the, the person that kills the bad guy basically yeah you know um, she is the hero of this movie she's like kind of like one of the set, her and Deadshot are the two main characters of this movie pretty much and then you get a little bit of flag in there but um, she was great um, to look at
4: <laughs> um, <laughs> oh shit
3: um, the thing is like the fact that she's crazy it disguise helps disguise the fact that she, she was all over the place. Like her, her accent and the way she talked, you know, she was all over the place. She was like Jersey accent one second, Brooklyn Bronx accent the next uh, second. Yeah. From the East Coast, you can totally tell. Yeah. She's yeah, she's faking it. Yeah. So there and then all of a sudden she's um you know, she's the psychiatrist and there's no accent at all. So it's it was it was all over the place. And there were some things like that whole like it's what we do line. I makes me cringe every time I, <laughs> I see it. It's terrible.
0: The, uh when she smashes the window.
3: When she bends over I love it but when she
0: talks <laughs> I like I do look no I gotta tell you I really I really enjoyed her as Harley Quinn I thought she I liked she too. did a good I job she
4: did really well
0: with the character Yeah right? I think she I think she uh lived up to this character her aerial acrobatic shit was great and kind of her big moment in the bar where she's like own that shit yeah you killed your family own it and use it and I was like look it works she's doing she's doing a good job good she, chemistry with the rest of the cast
2: She made me laugh and yeah. at the end of the day when I'm looking for my Harley Quinn, uh, she, to, I'm looking to to laugh and have someone to stare at, and she did both. Her trying
0: me. to introduce herself to Katana and like just, and she's like, she seems like a nice person. Like I love that; it yeah. really worked. I, I, well, she had a
2: lot of good lines. I thought. I'll say this: like of all
3: the versions of Harley Quinn, that's not on in a comic book, so you can make up your own voice and your own acting. Yeah, um, this she's the best like visual version of Harley Quinn because in the video games. It's Arlene Sorkin, and in the and, and that's way over the top. It
0: would be over the top for a movie, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, so the, the
3: she scaled hand. it back a little bit, but I said I don't think she quite got the accent, and it was every once in a while popped in and out. But other than that, like there was a couple of cringe worthy lines, but I think overall she gave a lo- she gave a lot to the movie. Her enthusiasm, yeah, gave a lot to the movie.
0: Ho- hopefully, like the spinoff thing happens because I wouldn't you love to see Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy. Uh did a little spin off movie. Like she read the comic book, she got really into it. She did yeah, good. who would be Catwoman? Ooh, I don't know. Helly get- Berry. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <No! laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. You'd have to get I would love if you just get some unknowns, some up and coming people to be Poison Ivy. Yeah,
2: I think Margot Robbie's got enough. So we sell Dana to to carry a film. No, not Zoe Saldana.
0: Uh Anthony, give me a positive. What'd you like?
2: I mean, Deadshot, Will Smith as Deadshot. I mean, it was it was a lot more kind of a Will Smith. It was vibe. a
0: different Deadshot.
2: Yeah, it was a different Deadshot, kind of like a, a wise cracking, um, pimp wearing kind of. He was wearing like <laughs> pimp suit sort of thing going yeah, on Yeah, that's weird.
4: That that was I will, weird I, but, yeah. but
2: I like I like Deadshot's. Uh, I mean, you can tell the guy has kind of a code. You know, and that, and that's always been a, a dead shot thing. Is he he, he just kills for hire? He I mean, he's if, not killing innocents just because
0: for a bad guy assassin. He's got a lot of heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, see that. I thought he was inconsistent too. He was yeah. written yeah. inconsistent. It's written inconsistent, correct?
3: Yeah, at one point, yeah, he tells he tells, he tells um, Harley Quinn that he doesn't believe in
0: love, but he loves his daughter. Look, I don't. I lo- I liked his performance as Will Smith dead shot yeah now, I, th- I think
2: that i think that has to do with the writing but i think yeah. his you can definitely like when will smith is on camera the man's a star yes, oh, you he, yes, have a lot yeah
0: you can tell yeah yeah he's got yeah,
2: a lot
4: I
0: of think, charisma I, so you let him go and you let him do it. right
1: i think it has to do with the writing because will smith is in the role
0: yeah you like, can't really go work your right around that you know the dead shot to me maybe i would like a have a little, liked a little more scumbaggy
2: yeah, you, to, you definitely want definitely scumbag. I didn't get uh, the
0: scumbag vibe, but it was fine. What he was doing was fine for it. It's you just you a want Deadshot. You want. You don't.
2: Deadshot's not, in my opinion, someone that's like the smoothest motherfucker. Yeah, the guy is a little rough around the edges. Is he but-
0: likable to you?
2: He's likable in that he has a code. He's not um, just going out there um, and fucking shit up just to fuck shit up. He's always been the guy that you have to pay me. And to in do the this comic
0: shit. books, he does have a family and a kid also. So, the, but he's just a little more like that is charming. <laughs> like Will Smith they, added a great charm to it. They, I guess. they should have added something.
3: Give him a line and say, "Look, most of the guys I kill are bad. You know, most of yeah. the guys I kill." He kind of said that. Me.
0: They said at the end, they don't kill." Diablo said, "You don't kill women, and children. I've seen your thing." Uh, whatever. Uh, I'm going to do my positive will be, I actually liked, uh, Diablo. Surprisingly, yeah, Diablo was good too. what a standout character. One of the only other characters outside of, you know, Will Smith, Marco Robbie, that actually got a little bit of backstory.
2: Well, he added, I think he made that role. That guy that played, what's yes. his name? Uh,
1: look, look at who up with that actor. Cause
3: is he the guy from half baked that says, fuck you, fuck you.
1: You're cool. Oh, I, I, it's not that guy, is it? No, it was not him.
2: Oh, okay. I get confused. Diablo, Jay Hernandez. Jay Hernandez. I well, remember did him a from great Saw. <laughs> but uh, no, he added a lot to that role. I think he, that role could have been a throwaway role, but he added some depth to that role and a lot more... A lot more to Diablo than you would have expected.
0: You felt for him, and you know the fact that he uh, he murdered his family, and that he could just incinerate everyone at once. I know there's a lot of scenes about more about how he got in there, and um, you know getting him in that tank. But and uh, you know you and you get upset when he's not helping out. You're like, dude, what are you doing, Diablo? You're not going to use your powers? And he's like, you you don't want me to, right? Uh, and despite the CGI being very questionable at the end. I love that they should because that's what the comic books too. Like he does turn into like this big demon.
2: Does he really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. L- I'll throw a shout out to Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. God damn, she uh, was a fucking bitch, pretty, and that's what you want, dude. She was <laughs> yeah, fucking
0: bullshit. gangster.
2: You want you want next level Nick Fury when you have Amanda Waller? Absolutely,
0: like and, a because du- Argus is like a dark shield yeah. of DC, yeah. and she was more menacing than a lot of the people. <laughs> a lot of the main cast? But that,
2: that's—I mean—the line where she's like, I, "I make a living on convincing people to go against what their will is," or something along those lines—is yeah. complete Amanda Waller. Yeah, you know, you've always wanted someone that fucking can stand in the room with all these bad guys and still be the baddest motherfucker there.
0: I mean, they really nailed. And she's working
2: the, on the side of good.
0: They nailed the the comic book Waller in this. They did a lot of good comic book nods in this. Uh, you know, in their defense, I think they did a good job working that in. What do you guys think of uh, the Waller Dahlauer? The wall, the wall. <laughs> um,
1: honestly, I think Viola Davis was perfect at it. Like she, she had the the badass bitch uh, personality down to a T, and that's no. There's no other way to portray that character. Like she always knows she's the one in control, no matter what's going on. Yep. Even, even if she gets captured and is held against her will, like she knows she's coming out on top, and no one's gonna fuck with her for that reason.
3: Yeah, you can see that when uh, Boomerang comes out, there he's like, "You let me go, or uh, we'll have some fun." And she holds up the thing. She's like, "Okay, let's have some fun." And she has this, <laughs> like, this look on her face. And there was another part of when something went down, and she had this look on her face, like she liked it. Yeah, I can't remember when, but it, a lot of shit went down. She so.
0: gets off on the, on uh, this power, dude. She oh, yeah. she was fucking great. You know, you don't fuck with Amanda Waller in this universe. fantastic.
2: Also, let me throw another shot All right. out there. Uh, the makeup job on Killer Croc. I love. I, I you know it really, I liked it. The
0: costumes across the board very very well done. Uh, Killer Croc looked great. He was uh, it, it could looked have been this big CGI yes. character. I, yes, I have a I problem
3: with some of the costumes.
1: The facial the facial makeup on Croc was really good. Yeah. I think the problem was the guy they had playing him wasn't big enough to embody the character. Right. In my opinion, yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah, like would've... when they had him – when he was about to go swimming down into the sewers and they had him take off the jacket and everything. Yeah, he's kind of skinny. He's got a skinny torso. The amount of prosthetics on his face to look like a crocodile yeah. misshapen his head like to the point where his head was way too big for the body It looked, he it
0: looked top heavy. It did look top heavy yeah, in that one sure. shot. But then I love how he just like crawled into the water and swam away, That was fucking awesome. That was weird. I This is the <laughs> thing that – my biggest problem with the
3: makeup in the movie since we're talking about it is the creatures that are made by uh, the the shit people. Yes. I'm not counting
0: that. I'm counting about the costumes of the main cast outside of Enchantress and the shit potato bubbly people, whatever that
3: was. the other supporting character, which his name is the was never spoken in the movie, but I was supposed to, he was called the Incubus.
0: Oh yes. Oh, the yeah. uh yeah, that was not the villains, the villains were Ooh. not very good. Are we gonna
2: get into negative? No, 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 no. <laughs> we're staying. Look,
0: I love Dead Shots. <laughs> Shots costume being true to the comic was pretty fucking cool. I like the little eyepiece and uh his bits about showing how good of a marksman he is. Uh I thought was effective because it is, you know, the movie starts with fucking Will Smith, so it's a Will Smith movie. So will smith margot robbie, <laughs> the margot robbie, robbie. movie, for sure did it, did it start with will smith i think I it think, does yeah i think it starts in in his jail cell him punching oh, okay. a bag yeah uh, i like ike baron holtz good uh c- uh comedic comedic support there uh being in the jail cell the guard yeah.
2: i think it's hard to fuck up completely fuck up a villain an eccentric villains cast coming together to do good yeah so in that sense they didn't completely
4: fuck it up. No, overall, <laughs> look,
0: I was looking at the group. That one shot when they're – right before they're going to the Enchantress, the group shot of them walking. You look at all of them and you're like, this is actually a really great cast of characters uh, that they have potential to use moving forward. I was really excited to see these characters and I just wanted to see a little more interaction in the movie. But overall, I had I had fun with them and uh, it was great to see these characters. En- no one's going to talk about Jared Leto? Well, we're still in the positives part of the show, so I don't really have. I see, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't
2: have a. I don't have a positive. Let me see spin on Jared positive
0: Leto. thing for Jared Leto. The Joker was a loving boyfriend throughout the movie and really loved That's Harley. That's different. Very different. I'll put,
1: it, I'll put my positive for Jared Leto is yeah. he. I honestly, I don't think he was terrible. Yeah. I don't think this was a bad version of the Joker, but I was not blown away. I think that has to do with this. Well. Yeah, the, uh, the So that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's as far as I will go now Okay, get- for
0: positives And then the other thing is May not be a positive for you guys I enjoyed the Justice League cameos And even the mid credit scene Oh shit I kind of liked what they're doing there
2: I enjoyed those two If you just take that scene out from the movie So like if you're just watching it on its own like as a
0: clip. What, the yes. man, which one specifically are you talking about? All of them. Oh. All of them. You mean in the, the context
3: of this movie, it doesn't work. Yeah. I, Wait, especially what are, the You Flash mean the Batman
0: one. and Deadshot scenes too? You need
1: that in the movie. I think, I think I liked seeing Ezra Miller in the full Flash getup and even him like being the Flash for once. Yeah. But the fact that this is the first time we (laughs) see him doing anything as the Flash, kind of weird. Yeah, is a very odd way to introduce. Sure,
0: I like that they had him catch Boomerang, which is one of his rogues' villains.
1: Well, true, yeah. I'll say I liked. um,
2: I like the fact that Deadshot. They portrayed him as basically just hating the shit out of Batman.
0: Yeah, like and, the, and they showed dream, you why. His dream yeah. is to kill Batman. They showed you why. And I like that. The connection. I like these little bits of world building they did. Even at the end, yeah, it's copying Marvel. And yeah, maybe logistically it doesn't make sense. But I like it because they're copying Marvel. And I think that kind of works. I think you got to kind of have to swipe that a little bit. If you were going
3: to just really quickly, like in, in a sentence, like say what was fun about this movie. What would be the first thing? Because for me, it would be the interplay of these Wacky characters together. Yep. That's it. Yep. Pretty totally much. Agree. That's what made it entertaining. No,
0: this, like I said, the chemistry and the, the, their, their, the cast is chemistry together. And to some extent, some of the action I had I enjoyed.
2: I, I would, I'll agree. I'll piggyback on Rugboy. The best part of the Marvel films to me is when you have the characters just playing off one another. Yes. And I think they did a and good job. they just hanging against, out. They did a good job of having like Harley and Deadshot play off one another. Then you had Diablo and Boomerang. Then you had Deadshot and Rick Flagg playing off of one another. Then you had a couple scenes, you know, even with Batman and Deadshot. You know, just them interacting is what made this film a little bit, a lot more entertaining than Batman versus Superman.
0: I mean, a lot of the writing is fun, like where. You know, Harley and uh, Deadshot, Deadshot's like, uh, your friend's going to take care of these bobs for us, right, too? And Harley just gives her that look, and she's like, you're my friend, too. And then he's like, stay evil, dollface, or some shit. Yeah. But then there's really bad writing, like when Deadshot says, lady, you are so evil. I believe that's the exact line from the movie.
1: I I think that is verbatim, yes.
0: Yeah, that's so, it's all over the place a little bit. Okay, I think we can uh, dispense with the positivity gang.
4: Yeah, sure. Okay.
0: What what do you say we get a little nitpicky? Uh, Who wants to start with shit that did not work? Rugs? I have
3: so many things. There we go,
0: Rugs. Start it off.
3: Now, look. I don't want to say this movie's bad, but it's not. We're not saying that. But I want to acknowledge. I'll say it's bad. (laughs) I want to acknowledge what happened, okay? (laughs) Okay. David Ayers made a movie, and then the studios were like, okay, we're worried, and we have to come in and fuck things up a little bit. Now, I have no idea what David Ayers' movie is, because I've heard that- he made a good movie, but I don't know. you don't never gonna see that. But um, this is the problem. Okay, number one, the biggest problem is Enchantress. Okay, yeah, and not only that, but that whole the whole story with her, it just doesn't work.
0: It's yeah, it's not. They have hung been used. the whole
3: movie on her. Yeah. Okay, the second thing. Okay, the, just the way that it was edited together, there was a lot of things that were popping in and out. Like first they go assemble the squad. There's something going on. Okay, like Enchantress gets the gets the. Um, Gets the, the soul of her brother back, puts it in this dude while he's in the bathroom. Some random dude. Like, why right. did she pick that guy? And then in the, he's in the bathroom in the subway. The ba- And the subway bathroom is very nice. Okay. Yeah. All right, I didn't get that. Very completely. clean. Yeah. yeah it's it's very
0: clean. Very nice.
3: Like, it looked like it was a restaurant Look, it's Midway
0: City. They pride themselves on their public Clean
3: bathrooms. bathrooms. So he goes out and he starts freaking out in the middle of the subway. And then, okay, we're off. The bad guy's there. Okay. Then they're like, assemble the team. Let's get rid of this dude. Right. And they just take the enchantress, (laughs) just the enchantress. And then there was a bunch of times where they were cutting from them in the prison. why would they have to rush to prison when Amanda Waller already made the deal with Will Smith? Why would they have to rush into his room and drag him out when Will Smith knows he's gonna? You can just wall thing. Okay, it's my time to come out now. Let's go. The truth
1: is, he they didn't make any deal with him. Because he had said, if you you know you've seen what you're buying, now here is the price, and right. he lays out his it, terms, and they basically say, "Fuck you, you don't get to make a price and let him go." so as far as game. he knows, they said never mind and put him back in the hole.
3: Yeah, but I I don't I don't know. I just I, I, I didn't feel that. I think I it's a
1: little the- bit. Of, I think it's a little bit of being the audience kind of a thing. We know they're going to assemble them as a team and use them. But it's not well made in letting the the audience know that they don't know that anymore. Yeah, I, <laughs> you figure he goes and
3: shows them. He pull, he 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 shoots the, the the bullets through the guy's heads.
0: Those those uh
3: the man gets, that things. was pretty cool.
0: Repeatedly the and, same. Like, he point. was
3: auditioning. He's yes. like, all right, and then he told them, "This is my terms." And so, like, why would he now? brace himself to fight a bunch... Of, why would they even come in like that? They it, wouldn't, they wouldn't do that.
1: probably because they knew that if they entered the room, he was going to beat the shit out of them.
0: Well, Maybe. Well, but, because, but they had to strap him down because at this point they had not put the bombs in the head, so they had to physically wrestle everyone, restrain them. He had to be restrained to put the fucking bombs in his head. He also that,
1: knows that they have handed him a live gun before around the guards. They all <laughs> know that they can't trust him. But I mean, he
3: didn't shoot anyone. He could have shot that guy. He didn't do
1: he, it. Because he he was because- dead certain that they gave him a fake gun when he then fired it in yeah, the air and exactly. realized it had a real bullet in it. He freaked he out was
0: like, oh, shit. Look, the real problem is that whole middle part of the mission is muddled fucking writing. It didn't make any sense they were assembled the squad to rescue no, waller but they, from they, they, her
3: they assembled enchantress to go after not the squad yeah but they didn't the squad tell you comes a... after the enchantress gets
1: gets That's, compromised and that is that is a little confusing that they already have them Getting the squad together in the prison yeah. before they have sent Flag and the Enchantress to try and take down the the brother.
3: Yeah, I, it, ha- it just doesn't, it happens in a really bass backwards way. No,
0: they don't. I think they want you to think they're assembling the squad to take down the big brother. But then it does that stupid twist. And like they save Waller only for her to get crashed down and kidnapped again. And then they got to save her again. Like what was the point of the whole middle of the movie? Well,
1: I think that's that's part of the issue is that the whole time you're like, oh, okay, so they're sending them in to try and take down the bad guy, when really it's they're sending them in to try and get Waller out, but – why are they sending them in to get Waller out? I don't know. When, when, when about, about 75% of it was <laughs> the Navy SEAL team just keeping them alive.
0: Yes. And speaking of that, why, if this is a black ops uh, team, are you sending the entire fucking military with these people? Like that- and if, it, if it's a black ops, why is it this thing that's affecting the entire <laughs> Earth?
3: It's like a huge fucking cloud of garbage in the sky. Everything, you're right. Every, everything
0: hangs on the decision to use enchantress, I kind of would have liked if Joker had been the main bad guy, and they had, something like that he got out and he's running his gang territory and they got to go in just them and take him down while he's trying to well, get Harley here, here's also.
2: here's as Devin Farachi said it best and i' um, I completely agree when you're when you're assembling a team of villains to be the good guys. You better have a fucking villain that is awesome. You need need a more charismatic villain than anyone else. You need a
1: badass motherfucking villain. And I think that is why everybody assumed the Joker was the villain of the movie. That would have made so much more sense. When it comes to DC, there are very few other people, very few other villain characters that are more charismatic more ridiculously dangerous and could actually have a reason for you to send in an entire squad of villains to stop. Exactly. And even if it was just something like the Joker stumbled across like, you know, an old god bit of technology and yeah. doesn't know what the hell he's just released on this city. There you go. You could, you could still That's have scary. your
0: monster at the end if you must have a monster or a big fucking two-sex machina thing at the end. It's uh, shooting
1: over the character. Like, the Joker is the kind of person who would have a nuke and not realize it until he set it off. Yeah. Right. Oh, that'd have been great.
0: The, but The fact that it's
2: pinned on Enchantress, who... By the way, this actress is a is a model turned actress and all she does is literally gyrate in front of a green screen and not even act. Oh my god, she's voiced
0: lo- over. It looks so weird her little dancing bad. moves. She's, she's like Do we know who around. does the voice? Oh, she was voiced over? Hell yeah, you think that's her voice? I've never heard her talk. I don't
2: know. But well, the the thing is is <laughs> you you pinned a you have a, a street level superhero team or villain team dealing with a global threat, it just, it's just incongruent. It doesn't make sense why this team of people has to deal with a global threat. Like, there's no one on this team that can deal with that shit. And especially, Rugboy's alluded to this, but especially when you introduce the Flash in this movie,
0: yeah, why isn't wh- that guy yeah. over Why there? wouldn't any of these other fucking metahumans show up to stop this global threat that looked like shit? And there was, apparently it was some kind of machine. I didn't see no fucking machine. No what was knew. she doing? No, it, was, no. it, was, it was apparently a spell didn't
3: Know what they were
0: doing? Okay? I mean, they 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 shoved in some magic to their credit. You but, think Wonder Woman wouldn't have shown up now? Right? Or Flash? Or Batman? At that point, where like there's some
3: crazy shit going on. Any of these you know?
2: motherfuckers? When well, people will point to Marvel like having like global threats and the Avengers don't show up. Thor: The Dark World. That global threat happened in within the span of like 20 minutes. I'm pretty sure in this movie there was garbage floating in the sky for at least a half a day.
3: I know. Oh. It happens right <laughs> at the beginning. It happens <laughs> as soon as, as, soon as Advantris gets out and frees her brother, she does that spell and it's all up in the air. And then that's not even the prime thing that they go after. They're going after Something else. Their, their mission's not even directly Yeah, bad. Just so confusing. Yeah, The
0: mission was just to confusing. get Waller. Yeah, it's just stupid. But also, if Enchantress can just, like, zap here and there, why is not she just grab her fucking heart herself and zap out? Like, what's stopping her? Yeah, it doesn't make any
3: sense.
2: Yeah, no, I and the, the thing is, too, is getting into just the villain and criticizing that um, – it's mummy level bad. It's so <laughs> yes. bad. It's so bad.
0: CGI Let's, is very questionable.
2: It reminded me end. when Diablo turns into the, the Aztec warrior demon, I started laughing. I'm like, holy shit. He just became an Aztec warrior demon oh. and he's fighting the mummy. It reminded me of Mortal Kombat and Annihilation. Oh, no. When Liu Kang becomes a dragon <laughs> and fights yeah. Shao Kahn. That's how bad that was. That's,
3: it was pretty bad. That was
2: awful. <laughs> Lame. That was really bad. And I was like... I forgot what? that it existed. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? What am I watching at this point?
0: That's not the effect you want as someone giggling. Uh, guys, this is what I want to know. Let's talk about a little bit because – you know the some of the behind the scenes shit is. Uh, well,
2: we, do we want to get into Joker? Because
4: I feel we, like
0: we're, no, we okay. will. But I got. I'm leading to another thing real quick. We know that the way Warner Brothers had set up this movie was basically they announced the date and then they told Ayers, "Hey, we're starting to shoot in six weeks. Uh, you better have a script." So he literally wrote this thing in six weeks. Okay. He's also never directed a big budget effects driven ten pole movie now. Knowing that, what did you guys think of the first half of this movie in terms of the way it was cut and they set up the characters and the music specifically? Do we consider Suicide Squad a tentpole for them? They, that's what yes, they, they, absolutely. They, but they, this is part of the problem that Warner Brothers is having is considering it a tentpole.
3: They thought that this was going to be their deadpool. Yeah. They thought that this was going to be their irreverent bad guy but with a heart type movie. And you're going to take the Harley Quinn which is like Deadpool, which is in all these stores
0: at Hot Topic in the mall. Yes, yes it's yes, all it's right? Hot Topic. And I actually would have been okay if they did push it and made it edgier and took a risk, made it R-rated, made it more like Deadpool. I think it would have worked less like Guardians of the Galaxy.
4: After these messages, we'll be right
3: back. Hey, listen, isn't this fucking shit awesome? would it be great if someone actually like liked it enough to actually maybe support us? How about that, Imran? Did you ever think about that for one second?
0: Well, look, listener, if you like what you're hearing so far, we do have a way for you to support us.
3: And how the fuck do they do that?
0: Go on to
2: jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, or you can go on to patreon.com slash jockandnerd,
0: which is our virtual tip jock. It works both ways. Listener, support us for any amount. You're going to get access to awesome bonus content. Ruggs has got mini episodes, instant reactions to movies, more geeky audio than you can shake a geek stick at. Or a geek stick at. Oh, boy. Oh, shit. <laughs> (laughs) So
2: go on to patreon.com slash Jock and donate today. Hey, everyone. If you're into creepy with attitude, you've got to check out the DXR, Dead X Radio, right here, Saturdays from 4 to 7. Right, guys? Yeah. We're going to talk to you about everything from ghosts to aliens to Bigfoot to conspiracy theories. Bigfoot being kidnapped by aliens. Ghosts going along for the ride. We're going to be raw, going to be raunchy.
0: That does mean we're going to talk about anal probing, Right. Definitely. Definitely. Are we looking for Bigfoot? Guys?
2: Guys? Guys? Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they
1: underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weebie Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weebie Geeks Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at weebiegeeks.net. Weebie Geeks, your voice for the Geek Revolution. Want to know more?
0: The Jock
4: and Nerd
0: Podcast. You, a lot of people are walking away saying, oh, I love the soundtrack and the music choices. Oh, I was not a fan of how they used it. It was very forced. It worked in maybe two or three spots. But the people I saw the movie with
3: were – criticized that immediately.
1: Yes, good. All One right. of the things that I had said was I like that they used popular music in it. I think that that helped – definitely set it away from the very dreary tone of Batman versus Superman. Yes. But I the first comment I made about the movie while I was in it was we got through the first 5 minutes of that movie and they already used three different songs.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes, and, and they're played out uh cliché. If you notice every song it's describing the action on the screen. It is so on the nose and annoying.
2: It's the definition yeah. of trying too hard. Yes, and okay, I from-
0: Like what they're trying to do is
3: they're trying to do Guardians of the Galaxy, but the whole point of Guardians of the Galaxy was there's this mixtape that his mom made for him. So and and he uses it like that. That's the thing that brings him happiness. You know, that's his most his treasured item. You know, and we're listening to that mixtape throughout the movie, and it's great. This, there was no reason for this. It wasn't written into the script that this music is in there. When they were writing the script, there was no, okay, cue this song. Yes. No, I defy you to find that in the script. It's not there. This
0: is the result of uh, the trailer park company cut of the movie kind of tying it to the tone of the trailer which in the trailer yeah throw those songs in there i get what you're trying to show me i'm never actually thinking that the song is going to be in the movie but rugs to your point the guardians of the galaxy is a great example they're all 70s songs there's a theme it follows the plot of the movie it's thought out i will even submit like the reason why i love tarantino soundtracks is he'll go even deeper and pick deep cuts and he makes obscure songs popular again this is just fucking thrown together like it's a Here's Music Now, Volume 12 edition of a CD.
1: And it's definitely – they had some spots where it still worked. I mean having the you know the Skrillex song they made for the movie that in was, the scene where they're works. in the club, yeah, yeah that makes entirely – too much sense at that point well
0: see but that is like i didn't even notice that the the use of the music was not irritating but when they you hear sympathy for the devil i'm like really sympathy for the devil about a a bunch of villains really you hear you see her
1: even better is the fact that that was technically the theme (laughs) song for amanda waller
0: oh my god it's so cliche and when she's swinging the bat it's like swing bada bada there's in they use spirit in the sky in Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad it's on both soundtracks but in Suicide Squad they're flying in the helicopter into like Midway City which is Chicago and I they're will- pl- they're playing Spirits in the Sky like it's just too fucking I will say fed.
1: at least for, for that, the first thing I thought was, okay, so they're using the same song as, as guardians of the galaxy. That's a little <laughs> forced, but at the same time I was like, but it's, it's a song that you also have heard in like Vietnam movies yeah, when just, they're going into yeah. like, when they're going out into the war It's almost and that's exactly what this is. Yeah. So I can give it a pass for
0: I, that. I thought it worked in the bar scene and the song in the background when they were a bar and I thought it worked when they actually at the end, when the Bohemian Rhapsody started, That was kind of a cool moment because they kind of earned it and they earned that song. But at the beginning, dude, it was like watching the ADD MTV fucking shit.
2: I might contradict myself here. Uh Uh-oh. But I think they added all this music because they wanted to make this a lot lighter, the the reaction of Batman v Superman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Along with with Guardians, they wanted to kind of follow that vibe. I actually think this film might have worked better if they would have went a little bit more on the serious dark route because it is a film (laughs) featuring dark villains. And I'll, I and, think, and that's, I, even though I liked not, this, so, I liked the, the tone a yes. little bit. I think the movie would have even been it's better if they went. They went the Batman Superman. It,
5: it's one oh, of
1: those no. ones where I thought to myself, like, <laughs> I, after the movie was done, I was like, I had fun, I enjoyed it. That was perfectly fine. But then I'm like, I really do want to see what it was that David Ayer did initially. Yes. Because especially with the fact that they had cut out so much stuff of the Joker, I said there is no doubt in my mind that a lot of the Joker stuff is gone because they felt it was too dark for the movie now that Batman vs Superman got completely panned.
0: I have an article here from comicbook.com where David Ayer actually says there may be six or seven different versions of the film. In an interview with Empire Magazine, he says there's a linear version where we did where it opens up with June in the cave and she tells a story in sequence with the arrests and Batman. And then we go to Belrev. Uh, The first script started in Rev and told backstories of everybody in these sort of flashback montages. And he also says this is called like the dossier cut. So – Clearly, there were many different versions of this movie. Can can
2: we pour one out for Slipknot's origin?
0: Oh, you know what? Okay, (laughs) but you know what? I did like dialogue. Is uh? So yeah, the best is like what the he punches a woman and goes, "She had a mouth." That's like one of his only lines. Like one of his three lines. Did you hear
2: what he his background was going to be?
0: No, we didn't get it. What was it going to be?
2: There was rumors or somewhere in the script, someone read. I think Devin Faraci dropped this that he was going to be a serial rapist.
1: Yeah, early cuts report a passing reference to Slipknot being a serial rapist. And then
2: the Batman v Superman fallout.
1: They're like, yeah, we got to get this out of here.
0: But these people (laughs) are supposed to be villains. Again, there's that line. I I don't don't know if I would have gone serial rapist. The rapist line is is how you kill a character.
1: With everybody being a villain to make Slipknot a serial rapist was so that this would be the one villain you don't
3: care oh, about once having they die
1: immediately.
3: Yes, yeah, so you got to kill him anyway.
0: But that is the Suicide Squad stick. One of them always dies right away. So, you know, Waller isn't fucking around.
2: Well, they, they
1: laid it out for you real quick. Who's going to die real quick when they didn't uh,
0: give when him he, an origin? <laughs>
1: when he gets out of the car and his introduction is that Slipknot, he can <laughs> blah, blah, blah any rope,
0: something he, or other. Don't worry the, about yeah, it. Yeah, he goes, he, this guy could climb anything. But what's cool, Easter egg, the scene in the movie is almost like right out of the comics from the 80s. Like, B- Digger Harkness being the dick that he is, Boomerang gets slipknot killed, like in exactly the same way, talking amazing. Well, intimate.
2: those 80s comics, in terms of tone, there was always this vibe of like double crossing. Yeah. And you never you knew can't who to trust anybody. Yes. And it was, it was a lot darker. And the, they did this film, although it was goofy and kind of fun and, and a little bit of different Suicide Squad, suicide squad it, it- itineration. I kinda like I like again, I'm gonna allude to I wish they kinda would have went with that tone of like no one can trust one another. This is
0: yeah. These look, all are dark the, people. The, again, the common thread in all these Warner Brothers movies is that the writing starts shitty and the executives are interfering. Now, this concept, like we said, it's been done again. It's not a hard concept to nail and to do good. It's pretty much a formula. You follow the formula, you put your own characters in there, and they fucking fuck that
2: up. You could have done like a Reservoir Dogs. Yeah,
0: the there's so many better ways. Like, how do you blow this really simple standard? A squad of bad guys on a suicide mission. I hate to say formula. that they
2: blew it. I just I don't think they they nailed it. No, they it's, got a diff- little bit difference. close. Yeah.
1: They they <laughs> they whiffed it. They whiffed into it. Being passable.
0: Very yeah. It was very close. It was close. Well, it's, it was saved it.
2: again. Again, it was saved by the
1: fact that you got Will Smith,
2: you got Margot Robbie in this film, you got Viola Davis, who are just
1: carrying the film. I got yeah. all right. So here we'll do it this way for Anthony. This movie got walked to first. Instead of striking out, there you go. <laughs> That's a little jock it, uh, analogy. I
2: said it was a baby step in the right direction.
0: It is definitely a baby step in Tony in the right direction. Uh, Del Howard, let's get into what we thought about the Lido's Joker and some of the scenes that were cut that probably would have helped. I think personally, they should have left all the Joker thing out. Well, did you out.
4: hear?
2: Did you guys hear all the stuff about how he was acting weird? Yeah,
0: let's start with that. The <laughs> behind the st- he said he's sending like dead animals and condoms and fucking fucking method acting. Like he has almost ruined method acting in the eyes of the public. Well, A lot of people I just
1: mean- don't like Jared Leto. Well, the problem is, I don't think it's that Jared Leto ruined method acting. Yeah. I think the problem was that. Warner Brothers used Jared Leto being a
0: method actor as a selling point. As a marketing yes point. And I'll tell you what, I didn't see
2: any of that shit in the movie. You know why? Because they cut out all of his interactions with anyone in the squad except Harley Quinn. There's no interact there's That's all true. that stuff goes to waste if you say he's terrorizing the cast all- and then you don't show him with anyone else on the cast except Harley Quinn.
1: They all of the stuff that he do- did, you know, to to be The Joker and to do his method acting and whatnot like this is nothing really new when it comes to someone deciding that they're going to be a method actor. I mean, you have a lot of horror stories when it comes to method acting and it's it's at this point now you have a lot of articles that are swimming around talking about how is method acting just an excuse for men to be assholes
0: yeah uh, a little bit yeah. yeah they can get away with it i blame De Niro and raging bull that motherfucker he started all this shit but
1: ultimately <laughs> what it comes down to is like we said there was not enough of him in the movie yes. for anything that they talked about behind the scenes to have had any sort of effect on how i saw his character uh,
0: to even form an opinion about what you think about the character there's not enough in the movie
1: what he was trying i think what he's trying to go for
2: is like a psycho gangster kind of feel like a lot of people have said
1: yeah a lot of people have said that his his take is the joker meets scarface
2: yeah it's scarface it's a lot like Scarface. so what do you guys Um, think what do you guys think if he they continue that route well
3: look this is the thing is that people this is the thing that's happening is that harley quinn's a thing now yeah all right, and she's tied to the Joker. So now the Joker's got to be a thing, and they don't want to make Joker what he is. And even like in the cartoons and the way that a lot of these young people grew up with the Joker, he's not a mass murderer. He does he makes people smile, you know, with his gas. <laughs> you know, he doesn't really, he never actually smiles. Killed anybody in the cartoons and stuff. So, uh, and then they got the people in the video games where the Joker's actually the most violent that, that he ever is because in the video games. Because in the video games you got to amp up the violence because you're killing people. That's the whole point of video games: is to kill whoever's in front of you. You know, so it's like it's very uneven vision of the Joker. You got the video game version from the from Arkham Asylum, then you got the TV version that the kids grew up watching, and they got Harley Quinn now, who's very popular with the girls because for no apparent reason other than hey, it's a girl that you no. could act like. You know, in Halloween you could dress up like a slut now. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know? Oh shit!
3: So. Um, it's a very tough thing. So not, they don't want to make Joker too like unlikable. And I think that Jared Letter, maybe the the character he was playing was
0: probably a little too extreme. And they cut it all out. I mean, he like I said, he comes off kind of like a loving boyfriend every the time problem, you see him.
1: The problem that I had was they – and they, they outright admit in the, the Slash Film article talking about the scenes that got cut. They cut – several scenes out that had him in it strictly to change the change what his relationship with harley is to make it less abusive they make it less abusive and more like they are actually loving towards each other they watered them down if there is one thing now i always i for the longest time i've been trying to be a champion for i understand and accept different versions of characters yeah but if there's one thing i feel like i can't let them get away with it's that
0: yeah I mean, that's fundamentally changing, like, a big part of their... Wow, they watered it down, yeah. Because he's always supposed to be an
2: enigma, right?
0: Well, there was a whole scene where he, like, smacks her. They have a fight and he smacks her. They they hinted at, I mean,
2: when he offers her for sex...
0: You know. Oh, that's right. They, yeah, they were I mean, it. dirty. That's the, other th- that's the other side of
1: it. Is in that scene, he offers her up to basically be a prize for Common, but you understand that the whole thing is a test. Right. Because yeah. the moment Common commented on her being attractive, he yeah. was dead. Yeah, it's now just the Joker toying with him.
0: Yeah, and she knows her role, and you know, and you kind of get that she can handle herself. You know, so it's not like she's helpless.
1: But you get you
2: also get the sense that Joker's in love with her. This is the tricky don't line. Look at, don't look and at my girl's side. That's why. Yeah.
4: I- he,
1: yeah, he's gonna kill him because he's looking at his woman rug boy before i forget
3: it i know it's out of context but i gotta throw it in here because we're talking about harley quinn um batman making out with harley quinn when he's giving her cpr <laughs> yeah
0: what is up with that <laughs> look he fucked batgirl and killing joke it's just following the trend i don't know
4: okay no well look i, I it think was it was that-
1: meant to be that sh- that he she was giving it. her cpr she and then she it. was kissing him yeah. and he then knocks no, it her looked like again. He was <laughs> kissing her though no, it was no, – no. she She had uh, – she was supposed to, I guess, be unconscious yeah. from being underwater. So he was giving her CPR. I love that he punched then her. And she kissed him and then he knocks her unconscious again.
0: <laughs> you guys bring up a good point moving forward with these two characters in this universe. There is this fine line they have to trend where they want Harley to be an empowered, strong – female character and they want joker to be a crazy psychotic chaos but the relationship i don't know i don't know if they want him to be no they don't i don't see the chaos this is is not a chaos well that's that's kind of what i didn't like is i didn't see the controlled chaos joker they want they want harley to
1: be more of an independent character ah they don't want her to be running back to her highly abusive boyfriend because right. they now understand they have a female market to try and pull in for this. Right. So if they paint her as being this Stockholm syndrome abused girlfriend, that's not good for. That's not a good message to be giving to these young girls. So instead, they're going to have it that yeah, he's abusive, but he loves her. So it's going to get even more warped. You can't sell that shit. What did, at you, Hot got, Topic. What did you guys
2: think <laughs> of? Uh, I mean, now we got to see it on film. His look, because this was a very uh, controversial—not controversial, but very it wasn't uh, necessary. I think with the tattoos and all that yeah, shit it
3: didn't really add anything to him. No, I, I, he could have done the same thing with any any of that stuff, and it still would have resonated the same way.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it had the the little pieces here and there that were iconic Joker, but everything that got, that got added on was really just. Ex- excess it didn't it didn't add anything at all it, it goes to me with the theme of this film trying too
2: hard
0: yeah yeah I and mean, you and you've, got a,
2: you've got you a tattoo of, a, of his of his smile on his hand
0: yeah what did you think <laughs> about that every time you brought that up again seems a little bit forced a
1: little bit yeah <laughs> I mean, honestly and, and i think the problem is is that you then have things like david Ayer coming out on in interviews and saying oh well the whole point of him, him having the metal teeth is batman punched his teeth and after he killed jason todd it's like I would rather see that happen than have to have you tell me that later, so that I don't constantly go, "Well, what the hell's up with the metal?" T-? I
0: got one better. Let's get into that for a second. Uh, part one: Easter egg is on Harley Quinn's graphic, uh, where you know it was like the video game graphic with the titles. It says that she was an accomplice to the death of Jason Todd, meaning. That the Joker and Harley were both there, right? Now, Air said, my idea would have been like, yeah, they, they killed Joker, at which point Batman smashes in his teeth, sends him to the asylum, at which point Joker tattoos his forehead, saying he's damaged. The problem is in the scenes with Dr. Harleen Quinzel and the Joker, he already has the tattoo he has the metal teeth and, and the, the tattoo. metal teeth. So nice idea, David Ayer, but it's, uh, it ain't going to work in this continuity if they want to keep anything cohesive. Yeah. yeah. I, but I really – I kind of like that idea. But, uh, and it makes me wonder. You can't do yeah. it now.
1: It makes me wonder if this was something that Air wanted and then the little bit of her being the accomplice to Jason Todd's death was part of the chop job from the trailer company.
0: Yeah, probably. I just it's never a good idea to get a trailer company to cut your movie. I mean, just at the, at, number the end, one.
2: at the end of the day jo- Jared Leto didn't resonate because they just didn't give him enough. So and that, and that sucks because when you throw the Joker in a film, yes. You, you better fuck... The Joker is a fucking whirlwind. Granted, and you should always remember the Joker here in anything.
0: Granted, it's not a Joker movie. We got one lame Joker laugh. That really annoyed me, too. It's like he didn't even try. Well, when sta- he's laughing the around staccato the staccato laugh. Oh, that's the other thing. I can't... Okay, so that scene where he's lying down and everything is, like, ordered around him in a circle and There's lined up. There's baby clothes. There's My baby life. clothes in the corner. There's computers. I can't really imagine the Joker taking the time to be so anal and and order everything just oh, for a gag what the fuck especially
1: cuz they show Who's that they for? show they show him sitting there and yes. he has he has marker drawn on his face
0: right. and yeah, he looks a smile. like he's drunk yeah it's horrible so it's this whole it's this
1: whole idea that you're supposed to believe that with Harley gone he's falling apart but he's also so OCD that he can he's arrange everything in that perfect beer consensus. Beer bottles
0: and guns and bullets. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, you're missing the character completely, people. Come on.
2: Yeah, I have to say with what I saw, again, I, I, not enough to, to resonate. But from what I saw, I, I don't know if this Joker is, is my cup of tea.
0: I want to throw out there real quick, let's go round table. Favorite on-screen Joker for everyone who wants to go first? Can you pick one? Rugs on screen? Yeah.
3: Oh, it's a tie. Okay. I can't really decide between Nicholson and Heath Ledger. It's okay. Like, the lines that Nicholson says will forever be etched into my memory, you know? Yeah. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Those balloons! He stole my balloons! Yeah. You know, like Come on, they're great. I, hey. Bob
0: Gunn. <laughs> So the hard crowd to needs state. An enema. <laughs> you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Never, <laughs> never man. rub another man's rhubarb. Rugs I' got to go next. I got to agree. I still, I looked at them all. I thought about it. Fucking Jack Nicholson is my favorite, most fun Joker because he does embody that. He's spooky and he's smiling at you and you think he'll kill you any second and it's just nonsense and gibberish and it's just un, just un, just chaos. He's got like, great lines. Yes, and, gra- right. and great delivery. So to me, Jack Nicholson, Anthony.
2: Well, I guess this is very millennial of me, but I'm going to go Heath Ledger. Yeah, because you got to go. Here's more. why. Heath Ledger stood for more than just being the Joker and having these great lines. He stood for chaos and that life's a joke and that it's fucking random chance yeah. that this, all this happens. And for me, what brings down Jack Nicholson is the fact that they used Joker to basically be Joe Chill, which means Jack Nicholson should be like 75 years that old.
0: That part was stupid. Joker, it didn't make sense. Yes. Um, they,
2: the fact that they had to tie him I don't know why the they had to, why why they had to do that. Was, yeah. Makes the film like, oh, wait. Still love that Joker. That's why? a good point,
3: Anthony.
0: <laughs> love that Joker. Why is he this old? Yeah, no, he <laughs> should be way older. Dalhauer, favorite Joker.
1: I'm going to go with Anthony, and I'm going to say Ledger.
0: All right, kind of a split, even room with. Uh, They're both great performances. They're both great. No, absolutely, no, no. No. I think what it is is That's with the Ledger,
4: point, there really. are
1: there yeah. are such tiny nuances that Ledger put into his performance that it takes so long to really catch on to. The things like you know he blows up a hospital and he doesn't even look at it because to him He's blowing up a hospital away. isn't anything. It's just another day because this is all pointless the nihilism they put in that character is beyond mind-blowing well that's a sad thing though about this joker's right now he's not even going to be considered
2: in this class and he had a lot to live up to
1: and i think that was the problem that he had going in was leto going into this movie had to go up against jack nicholson and yeah. heath ledger yeah. and ledger said that going up for a role that jack nicholson had already played was intimidating and he blew it out of the water Putting Leto in there, I think that was the reason they really wanted to push so hard with his method acting. And he was so weird on set and he sent them dead animals because they wanted you to be like, oh, man, this is going to be like such an intense Joker. Yep. And then they fucking cut all of him out of the movie.
2: Panicky Pete's again. What, was the Joker from the six George Romero?
1: Caesar Romero. Caesar, don't <laughs> forget about Caesar
2: Romero and his <laughs> painted on mustache.
1: With his, his cake makeup mustache. Yeah. For the show, he was a great Joker.
2: <laughs> I want to just make one point.
3: Yeah. All right, so yes, the whole Joe Chill thing in the Batman movie, um, the first Batman movie, was fucking stupid, all right? But you do have his whole thing about him being a gangster who falls into acid, at, and Batman's somewhat involved in that, and he does get disfigured, and that that comes into play where he has to like wear like makeup to look like a human being and whatever. Yeah, I love that. Um, in Heath Ledger's one... He's just a guy who dresses up like a clown. Yeah, it's like that's but it. Takes it, yeah. it away something for me. I don't know what it is, but I do like Ledger a lot. I that's get-
0: a good point. I never thought. And even this Leto's Joker, they kind of hint there's probably more stuff with Ace Chemicals. They hint at like the Killing Joke no, origin. They, they definitely, right?
2: He definitely fell in the vat. The same vat. He brings Harley just, Quinn there.
1: Yeah, it's just outright. They. This is the the second time that they've decided the, the Ace Chemicals story is the is the is the, is the
0: is the is the one of the story. So I kind of appreciate that. That's a nice nod. A nice Easter egg. Uh, what were some other Easter eggs? I like the when they were selling the remember Superman shirts in the beginning uh, yeah. because that was a lot like when Superman died in the comic books. There was a character who would sell the bleeding Superman heart. Remember when that was popular? The bleeding Superman logo when he died. Yeah. Uh, also, apparently, Gotham is in New Jersey. If you look carefully at Floyd Lawton's Argus file,
2: huh.
0: it says Gotham, New Jersey. <laughs> I like. This is the first time we saw Arkham Asylum. Was this Arkham? Yeah. Well, well the, they
1: they had them in, in Bellevue. Bell Rev for first or time, Belle Rev yeah. for the the actual movie, but they show Arkham with the background story for harley so yeah. cool
0: we're getting new locations in the dc universe we got to see bell rev we got to see arkham for the first time in this shared universe uh i like the john f ostrander federal building nod to uh ostrander who's run on suicide. well he kind of created this present day uh team in the late 80s the suicide squad's been around since like the 50s but different yeah. versions they were actually like a, an army squad
1: yeah the the <laughs> only thing to do with suicide squad that has remained since the original run was the character of rick flag
0: yes rick flag is the one connecting thing and they were also called task Force x in from the very beginning
2: speaking of rick flag that used that was going to be what tom hardy that yes was, that was and rick i River? wish it
0: was and, and i very, wish it had been very weird character aesthetic I like, with joel kinnaman I being, like him.
2: being basically covered in mud all the time and looking like a strung out heroin addict
0: i didn't yeah. like him in as flag at all
1: it was very I, generic he had some. He had some moments where he shined through, but there were other moments where it was like he he was trying so hard at, at just acting. Yeah. There's the, <laughs> there's the scene when they're on RoboCop. There's the scene when they're on the the the. Oh, he, the was, ro- yeah. Oh. Yeah, he, was, he was the new RoboCop. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was the new RoboCop. There's the scene where they're on the chopper and just out of nowhere, he says over to Deadshot, like, you know, I know that you're, you know, you're a gun for hire. The moment the bullets fly, you're going to cut and run. <laughs> and it's like, why, why are you putting that emphasis on it? Like, well, I, the,
2: I got a comment as on, a callback. This bring, brings up something that I think where the movie kind of fails for me is there's that moment where Joel Kinnaman's uh, Rick Flag and Deadshot, they're the two guys that like are growing to respect each other yeah. they don't trust each other but they're growing to respect each yeah. other and then finally deadshot finally is like oh you had pictures of my daughter or you had letters, letters from my daughter? yeah and that's the, that's the point where the whole squad is like all right we're gonna do some good we're, we're we're not gonna be remembered as pieces of shit our entire life and and will smith has that speech which should be a really epic speech but they never built up to that moment where you're like okay this is when the suicide squad will realize that they should be doing some good. Like there was well, never, there was never this hint of these guys don't like being called, looked at as jokes. They don't, these guys don't like being looked at as pieces of shit. Especially because this guy earned right
1: after Harley Quinn, giving a speech of own up to the shit you've yeah. done. Cause you're never going to get to be normal or loved. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. So it's for me that never felt earned that they would want to do good. Finally, they, they were yeah, ne- I mean, there. Was never that the, the buildup well, of them being it feels like feeling it, like it, shit.
1: It, it feels like what they legitimately did is it's supposed to be that Deadshot wants to be remembered as a good person, and the rest of them are like, "Well, fuck it. What what else am I going to do?" Like Harley even says, "What else are we going to yeah, do?" Yeah, there today? was
0: no reason. I I so, a-
1: and I, I like so the few things because this is where we're getting into the third act, which yeah. is where I had my most problems with the movie. <laughs> yeah. Number one is Rick Flagg walks in. Um, and I, this is actually one of my favorite scenes he walks in and he breaks the fucking like you know uh, cell phone little thing that he yeah. had on his arm to blow their their necks up he says you're all free to go at boomerang fucking bolts.
0: And, well great great timing right. on Jai Courtney's I, phone. that was, was great he was so hoping yeah.
1: that's the last scene he's in we don't fucking see him again nope would have been great <laughs> No, he comes but, right back. No, so then, so then he then takes the letters from the from Deadshot's daughter and he drops them on the bar and goes, "Your daughter wrote you every day, and no one even questions why do you have these? Right. Why did you yeah. bring these into a fucking war zone?" He has them with him. The answer is is because this was his this was his final, you know, manipulative move. Yeah, piece of was, leverage. you're not going to do what I say, I'm at least going to remind you that your daughter hates you,
4: uh. or something
1: but so that that was okay so great he gets he gets a dead shot to work along with him it was exactly what it was supposed to be and then harley goes along because she doesn't want to sit around and be bored that's fine with the character but then everyone else is like okay out of nowhere, Katana is suddenly one of their friends. She has threatened to kill all of them through the whole movie. But then she but turns the and goes it, for a drink with them for no the reason. The moment it's revealed that Rick Flagg has been lying to everybody, yeah. now she's best friends with them.
0: Yeah, we forgot to mention Katana because she doesn't really do much in the movie.
1: And that's
3: because
0: she, was
1: unnecessary in the
3: whole she
0: doesn't yeah. do much in the movie because her
1: main thing was that Boomerang is supposed to be hitting on her the whole time. Right. And everything he's doing to hit on her is supposed to show him as being this terribly sexist asshole. Uh, but because they didn't want to do that with their comic relief character, most of her interaction got cut.
0: Ah, a lot of shit nice. got cut. I mean, I'll post that. Take a look at the link with all the deleted well, you're, scenes. You're, There's you're, like 20 things in there.
1: I'm sure you were going to
2: get to it, Matt, but. Literally, the next scene is Boomerang joining the he just, team and he motion. just shows
0: up.
1: Doesn't even say anything. If he had even said like something, if like as comic relief, he could have said something like, "I don't even know what city we're in." <laughs> Great. Would like, have been fine.
0: That actually, that would have been good. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, I don't know where I am, so I'm just gonna hang out with you guys. You guys serve great beer. Wait, I got a question. What was the deal with the stupid pink elephant? Because he's he's keeps finding this it's elephant. I mean, unicorn. Yeah. But then it's at one point, that
1: he has yes. But at one it, point, it's legitimately just meant to be funny.
0: But the, at one point, Deadpool thing. There is a there's a knife that gets thrown at him, and what saves him is a stack of money. Why, why wouldn't it have been the unicorn where that's where he's been that, stashing the unicorn the say, whole time?
1: That, that would have been great because at that point it hit the unicorn and that could have been a reason for him to freak out and like go rage mode on somebody. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, they had this weird thing where it was like, all right, so the unicorn is just meant to be funny because Air has come out and said that his version of Captain Boomerang's a brony.
0: Oh, that's fine. <laughs> oh, fine. Um, right. I guess whatever. But outside
1: of that, like having it that the knife hits and then he pulls it out and it's a stack of money that he has. Like if they had shown him steal the money, okay. But this is we're supposed to then believe that this money has been with his stuff that they gave back to him <laughs> since they got here.
0: Nah, none of it makes sense. Uh, the, yeah, none
2: of it makes sense. Katana, bringing In up Katana, th- th- definitely. She, her, the whole her so- her sword steals souls just like very, shows up. I
0: don't know. Where. Very
2: strange to just matter-of-factly think, say that.
1: I think that's the problem. I also had with like it was another Rick Flag problem because then you have Joel coming. This is Katana. <laughs> he could kill you with one strike of a sword swipe. It's like, all right, I get that you're supposed to be on a helicopter, so you're shouting, he's but you yelling. are just, A lot of you exposition. Are, you are you are shouting exposition yeah, at
0: us. He's yelling exposition, guy, in, the, in that part. Uh, what do you guys think of – I like that they showed us for a split second the Alex Ross uh, Joker uh, Harley Quinn little dance scene with oh, her in yeah. her jester outfit. And actually if you think about the Joker costumes they used, a lot of them they cop from the comic book. That, like, that, each that scene cool. is
2: kind of also another uh, epitome of this film. This film works in like mini scenes. Yeah. Like, if you just take clips, mini, yeah. you're like, oh, man, this film is – There's this is funny. This is a cool shot. Oh, look, They look at Deadshot shooting people with his fucking eyepiece. Real cool stuff. Put it together, the film's a fucking mess.
0: But I feel like that's why audience kind of are having fun with it at the same time. Well, cause right because the tone is fun. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's what they're used to. The it, it, Hot it, Topic it, crowd it's is not, loving it.
2: It's not Superman moping around telling us there's no good in this world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's, you got It's, it's yep.
1: not... Uh, yeah, it's, it's not Superman you know, walking up to Batman saying, you have to listen to me, and then punching him in the face.
3: <laughs> For no reason. They're not actually explaining anything. <laughs> a large portion of the people that are went to see this movie are teenagers, and they don't know anything. So it, you know it's okay. You could slip a lot by them. You just put Harley Quinn in, in a tight outfit, and they'll just watch it. They
2: don't care. I've alluded to this in my initial comment. It's also the fact that this isn't Batman. This isn't Superman. This isn't Wonder Woman. We don't care about these characters all that much. They can do whatever the fuck they want with these characters. I know there's a lot of hardcore comic book fans that are like, no, they fucked up Deadshot or they fucked up whatever – no, At the end of the day, about no that. one cares. Nobody about cares. No. The, 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 no one cares about any of these people. The if only person anything, that people care about is the Joker, and they kind of fucked him up. So I was going to say, if
1: anything, the problem was was that Harley Quinn. Yeah, they they basically did what they needed to with her. She's close enough, and any big Harley Quinn fan is going to love it anyway. Right. Absolutely. Deadshot is so one note in the comics that having him be Will Smith honestly makes him more enjoyable. They did the same thing with Boomerang. I don't give a crap about the comic book <laughs> Boomerang because <laughs> no, he is a third rate <laughs> Flash villain.
3: He's he never like, catches a boomerang that he throws. He caught
0: it. He caught, he, he caught, caught goes away. He, he calls back. He caught I'm one. Also
1: a, I'm also a real big fan of finding out that apparently Samsung is the company of really bad people. <laughs> Wait. They all have Samsung phones oh, and the Joker's what, walking around with a Samsung
0: tablet. That's what was uh that's what the app was on.
1: Uh was a Samsung phone. the the blow up their neck app was on a Samsung phone boomerang used a samsung phone when he was using his remote control camera boomerang fucking product placement and then joker had the samsung tablet that he was holding some dude's wife hostage and showing (laughs) it on the, the tablet
0: screen all while they're drinking starbucks hey let's hear from some of our listeners what they thought about the movie here is daniel nosker
6: hey guys it's daniel i wanted to give you my thoughts about suicide squad i thought it was fun and an okay movie definitely a lot missing in the story i enjoyed will smith's dead shot i thought he was gonna tank but he actually did a very good job with the role i enjoyed that character margot robbie did a good job as harley her accent kind of uh faded in and out but nothing too crazy I hated the gyrating enchantress. That whole villain story buildup was so lackluster. Um, I actually enjoyed Leto's Joker. I thought it was an interesting take, and it's definitely something that can fit into this universe, especially with the Batman we have now. So yeah it definitely missed on a lot of areas but was good in some overall okay and fun but definitely missing some stuff
0: yeah pretty much what we said here we, is he brings
1: up an interesting point yeah that i will i will touch on after we get through the, the listener ones
0: uh okay i got an, i got one more wait one more thing about yeah. the gyrating yeah. um
1: enchantress
2: have you ever seen those uh blow-ups at the cars yes i, have have you I that saw meme? that
0: meme with the fly mm-hmm. it's the fly guy the flying uh, car thing guys <laughs> the, the, the
1: flailing arb inflatable tube man i, I was like i've seen
2: this
0: before <laughs> can i tell you i you when i, I we, i've worked at the balloon delivery service yeah. i've had to set those up yeah. they are fucking hilarious like i die laughing it, every time i set it up it just like that she yes. exactly like that i do the crazy fly guy dance all the time to loosen up uh here's one from our buddy scott maradu from a place to hang your cape
5: Hello, Jocka Nerd. It's Scott Meridew from A Place to Hang Your Cape, and they did it. They botched up Suicide Squad, the one bloody movie the DC was making that I was actually looking forward to, and they j- they just failed. They just failed. It's not as bad as a lot of the critics are saying, but it's not good either. I mean, look at the exposition. Me, exposition. Okay, so they go into the. Great detail about all their backstories and such, but when it comes time to the rope guy, whose name I can't even remember because they just like skipped over it, uh, we get nothing. So when he dies, we can see it coming from a mile away because they didn't tell us anything about him. So okay, this virtually nameless, backstoryless character has just come in out of nowhere. He's a dead man. He's a goner because we we are wise to your tricks, Hollywood. We know how you operate. After. Good as knows how long have you been around? We know all of these sort of sort of tropes. So you can't. You have to be clever. You have to try and trick us and fool us. And you don't do that. Why don't you put in any goddamn effort, DC? You were handed this on a platter and you failed. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> oh God! I will keep on trying to come back for more, and you keep on slapping me in the face, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> and there was barely any joker what the hell
0: why are you putting people through this i love when maridou just gets exasperated by the end yeah. of his reviews that's the best but part to, but to wrap up yeah <laughs> but yeah okay and then i, I want to read when c3po gets mad <laughs> see that is c3po did not like
4: suicide squad oh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the only podcast you will get C-3PO's movie reviews, people. Jack and Nerd. Uh, <laughs> Jack and Nerd. Uh, and then I just want to share John Bellotti. Uh, had a great uh, review. He says Suicide Squad was not the disaster they said it was. It wasn't perfect, but it was entertaining. I enjoyed it more than Man of Steel and BBS. David Ayer is a much better director than Zack Snyder, who gets more out of his actors than Snyder ever could. The editing was a little jarring, and the first half was definitely better than the second half, but the movie didn't fall apart like BBS. I almost wish that the DCEU started off with this film rather than Man of Steel, as it was a much more assured film. One pet peeve of mine is the mid credit scene, not a fan of what they're setting up, or rather who they are using to set up the next DC film. I kind of like his idea. I wish – imagine if this came out first. Less um, pressure. You build no. up to it. No? If
1: this came out first, I would have hated it more. Oh, really? Because yeah. I wouldn't have had Batman vs Superman to be like, well, it's not that dumpster fire, so I can't be that mad. Oh, that's, yeah, a good that's, po- that's a good point. Also, but look at it this way: I hated Man of Steel yeah. until Batman vs Superman.
0: Right. <laughs> right, it puts it into perspective. And you're right; thanks to that movie, I could go in and enjoy this fucking movie, Suicide Squad. the The bit
1: that um, Daniel brought up that yeah. I wanted to touch on is: I think for me, the ultimate test for Jared Leto's Joker will be interaction between Joker and Batman. Yeah. Because Ah, you can have him running around and having the tattoos and talking like this at weird points and whatever, but it's not until there is a moment where it is Batman versus the Joker that they will have to prove that his character is the ultimate arch villain
0: for for Batman. I mean, I enjoyed the scenes of the car where, you know, he was inside the car and like that little bit got me excited. I was like I'd love to see a fucking Batman Harley Joker movie. Like these three right here, this could be cool. No, he's
1: absolutely in- right. In those little moments, like with Harley firing a gun at Batman, yelling, you're ruining date night. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, that was that's, great. That's in touch with, with the com- the comics and the characters. Having the Joker leave her behind so he could get away from Batman. Yeah. Uh, but the fact yeah. that there's no actual interaction between the two of them means that has to be the biggest thing. Well, do you think that Joker wasn't funny?
3: Or, or clever enough. Like, okay, you have two kinds of takes on the Joker. You got the Jack Nicholson where he's kind of like – he's funny. He has great lines. And then you have the Heath Ledger where he's very clever. Yeah, I was, was going to say the, the, the thing
1: with Heath Ledger's version of the Joker was his concept of humor was this very dark irony? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Things, li- things like having uh, fire trucks burning in the middle of the road is yeah. funny to him.
0: Or the pencil, dis- the, the pencil disappearing him. act. Exactly, yeah. you know. where it's it's this this kind of humor
1: where to him it's funny and to everybody else it's really creepy. I think the problem I had with Leto's Joker is there was
3: none he
0: of that never, no, there was nothing. No, never came off yeah. as
1: as as dangerous. Yeah. He
0: came off as kind of annoying at times. I, I'll agree. I think that, that that's a big missed opportunity. You're right. He has nothing like those two. And they could have done it in so many places. Like think of the text messages he was sending Harley instead of it just being I'm coming for you or be ready. Like it could, they could have fun showing his personality with I'll, a crazy text message
1: the The only point they showed his personality is when his 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 goons are running around dressed up in big panda costumes, shooting people. They
0: barely see that, and it's almost and like, that, what am I looking at?
1: And for that, it's not even like it's not ironic. It's not trying to be outwardly funny. It's just like, isn't that weird? But you, Aren't and, I it funny because it's weird?
3: It's, yeah, it, but, Ike Barron also was the funniest guy in the movie. He
0: was. Ike was great, and I mean, Margot had a couple of good laughs. But yeah, like you saw that guy dressed up as Batman uh, on his squad for like a second. I would have loved to see kind of more of those crazy goon costumes. But. Again, lots of stuff got cut out. There's fucking six different versions of this movie. Also, check out uh, our buddies in Northumberland, 365 Flicks. Their latest episode, 46, features a little mini-review we did for them with a bunch of other podcasters. It's a lot of fun. Now, talking about what Bilotti said, uh, not a fan of what they're setting up or who they're using to set up the next DC film. Let's talk about a little bit what does this mean for the future and how much of Panicky Pete's reactionary uh, what is this going to cause? Because so far, every movie seems to affect the next movie. Well, this- I, I Go
3: think ahead, that Robert. hopefully – I I don't think this is going to happen. But you'd think that overwhelmingly the critics and the people who watch these movies and people like us are are calling them out. We're like, we see that you're doing this. We see that you're you're making these movies and you're being reactionary and you're being like panicky pizza or whatever. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many people messing with things. Figure out what you're going to do, then do it. Don't do something and then go, oh, no, let's change it. I'll change everything about it.
1: I think what I fear most about it was they went into Batman versus Superman 100% certain that they were going to win people over with it, and it tanked.
4: Mm-hmm. So
1: then they panicked, and they changed a lot of Suicide Squad, at which point you had a lot of the critics saying, no, 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 this sucks too. But then you had a lot of the people who went to go see it going, no, it's all right. So when you then have the crowd saying no it's not it's not as bad as the critics are saying this is what I fear will lead to DC going. See, we know what the fuck we're doing.
0: This could be sending mixed signals because th- in this case, I'm actually on the audience kind of score side with this movie, for uh, which surprises me.
2: Are you? Are you really, Imran? Yeah, you gave Batman v Superman a seven out of ten. I
0: still think the critics were right about the movie. <laughs> this one, it's like, is there a? You know, there's a. a p- they're giving credit to these. For example the letter that you posted in our group yeah. a, a supposed former Warner Brother employee and none of this has been actually Devin, verified
2: Devin kind of shut down that whole
0: Or thing, but sorry. the the letter she wrote is scathing and it's very interesting but it kind of makes sense even if she's making all this shit up even as so far as to say Wonder Woman is a hot mess behind a hiding behind a trailer and then you get Patty Jenkins firing back saying this lady this is bullshit I don't know who told her this um
2: well Devin Ferracci wrote an article that I think came out today, basically shooting down this letter. Because for this person to have said that Wonder Woman is a hot mess, I mean, the movie's still 10 months out. So, right now, all that she could have seen was the assembly cut, which is basically basically the entire amount of footage that was shot. And at that point, you can't tell. You can't tell at this point.
1: At this point, the fact that they wrapped principal photography, what, two months ago? Yeah. You don't have a finished product. There's no music to it. There's probably barely any kind of CGI outside of what we've seen in trailers. It's going to be a working cut, and the working cut is never going to show you what the movie is truly going to be. So if there's anyone working for WB who saw a working cut of Wonder Woman and said, this looks like garbage then they obviously are very new in the world of movie-making themselves. Yeah, but you think, like, you
3: think don't you think you can tell, even from an early cut? if a movie No, not? because
1: even Farachi says they had people inside of Marvel who saw the early cuts of Guardians of the Galaxy and said it was going to be a disaster.
0: Ah, hmm. So can so is this an a on-purpose media bias? What is going on? I, I do think
2: that, despite what DC may say, it fucking grinds their gears that they can't get an awesome score on like for Metacritic or Rotten Tomato that they can't get a critically, positively reviewed movie. It fucking is terrible for them that they have 65% drops in second week and that their fans are like, ah, this movie sucks. I think it also, I
1: think it also burns them up that the, like throwaway team-up anti-hero movie of characters that you really don't know all that well is getting far more praise from the fans than their fucking main three characters in their comic book universe <laughs> being in a movie together for the first time.
0: Look, it's we've said like this, they, I don't know what happened to Warner Brothers, because clearly they are running around with like their heads cut, like I don't understand why they they don't see this.
2: Favarachi Vir- actually quoted, or not quoted, but cited also the fact that they thought mad max was going to be a fucking mess really yeah wow and that's they, why that's they why they, they didn't no push it as it. hard they had no faith in it and it actually ended up being you know a, a, a hit
1: a multi-oscar winner right
2: exactly and that, that that's why this kind of letter from this employee which i linked yeah kind of uh, lacks credibility because if she would have cited that as being like you see they don't even know what the fuck they have They had no faith in Mad Max, and that ended up being awesome. And then they have all this faith in these DC films that end up sucking. When
1: I read the thing, I
2: didn't think for a second that it was a real.
1: Okay. Even outside of that, when she's commenting about, you know, oh, all of these movies for the past few years that have not done well for them. Yeah. But again, she doesn't mention Mad Max. She doesn't mention the fact that The Revenant was a WB movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I also have to say, I think it also (laughs) grinds DC's gears. Because at the end of the day, whether you think I'm a Marvel fanboy or not, marvel has not had a movie under 60 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah, they really haven't had they, a miss they, they haven't had i mean incredible hulk was maybe their only which you would consider miss yeah but even that film
1: wasn't critically slammed like any of their other
2: and films, that was early on when films. they're kind
0: of figuring things out right so and i think
1: i think the problem that that marvel faces now is while dc doesn't seem to know how to play catch up Marvel is starting to have the issue of everyone's seeing past the curtain and seeing the the formula for their movies. Mm-hmm. So now Marvel has created their own beast to compete with without having to worry yet about DC being a competitor itself. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good point.
3: <clears throat> eventually, be, there's going to be uh, the Marvel staleness. It's going to be stale. They're doing everything in a similar style. Yeah. There's not See, enough that, things yeah. that are different. Like At least when you had Spider-Man... Like it was at, you know, Sony, it was a different kind of a movie than a Marvel movie. It was still its own thing. Had, you know, had Sam Raimi. It had, you know, it had a whole director, you know, direction. It was like you could see the director in the movie and everything. Now everything's this Marvel style. It's very homogenized. Even though it works, I think um, that's where I'm starting to see the effect of Disney and Corpo on Marvel. It's
2: getting I, a little safe, yeah. But, but Marvel, there, Marvel's yeah. at least competing with itself. They're, d- they're yeah. still not looking at DC like, man, that they're really fucking challenging us no, right now. No, they,
3: they got – there's so much of a, a lead there. Yeah. It's going to take something really – I mean, Wonder Woman could possibly – tip it a well little the bit, variable that's, that's but,
1: the big thing is yeah D- dc wants wonder woman to be the one that says like look we know what we're doing with this movie we did it well we were the first company to do a female-led superhero movie and they want that to be the one that puts them back on the map versus marvel that marvel has to re- respond to what are you talking about del howard catwoman and electra
2: those are fucking awesome films <laughs> oh shit come on man send <laughs> so, some love to jennifer garner as electra
3: what about wasn't
0: I the one who <laughs> called Jennifer Garner a stupid baby
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> look the one variable though which has me excited for Wonder Woman is this is the first movie we will see full fingerprints of President and Chief Creative Officer Jeff Johns uh, Who I don't
2: know about full fingerprints but you're, you're getting a lot he's, more of him, he's yeah. got
0: half writing credit but yeah. you're going to start to see some humor some elements that made the shit work in the comic book less Zack Snyder you got Patty Jenkins who seems like an assured director I'm
2: fairly optimistic about wonder woman i'm not as optimistic as i was prior to suicide yeah Squad, that's the problem but that's
0: wonder exactly woman looked how awesome so let's wrap this up i want to share some words from our friend john Bellotti, jr because he works kind of in the industry he's painted on lots of big movie and superhero sets He sent in something and he makes a a lot of good points. Very interesting stuff. He says, I just listened to David Ayer's Empire online podcast after seeing the movie last night and I heard a very confident director who I think is saying the right things about his film. I just think the studio had a knee-jerk reaction to his vision. DC Warner Brothers can't have it both ways. They either pull a Marvel, keep a tight grip on the filmmakers slash writers, which has led to several directors leaving Marvel Productions, or they give free reign. When you meddle with these films, it's like having somebody else finish a... Another artist's painting. It's like going to look strange and incomplete. I read all the rumors about the Trouble production as well. It sounded stressful and I started thinking about my past six years in the film business. And you know what? It's every production now. Not just Suicide Squad. It's not fair to shine a light on this film and to say they had a crazy schedule slash budget, etc. Like it's some rare occurrence in Hollywood. It's every goddamn production I have worked on. Like I have been saying Hollywood is run by accountants, lawyers and shareholders who are now delivering product to the world. Film slash television are our biggest imports. So now there's more focus on creating a bigger product for a bigger audience, i.e. China, India, etc., which is why we are getting films with very diverse casts as well. Studios like Marvel and Pixar are doing pretty well as they established entities, but DC is still very new and finding their legs, so to speak. Uh, And then he shared this interesting bit. He said Martin Scorsese's brother, Frank, is a family friend who always told us that Martin cannot get films made now. Unless he has Leo DiCaprio in them. And Bilotti finishes saying, Marvel is doing amazing things with their films. So it's not impossible. Their films don't have a lot of bite to them. But they satisfy. Which is kind of what Rugby was just saying.
2: I have a comment on that. Yes. So you've been on this show plenty of times going, oh man, the studios messing with their films. They're messing with their films. This might be an unpopular approach. But I think Bilotti kind of validated what I've been thinking for a while. Yeah. If you want to play with the big boys, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to make a big-budget film, expect to get your shit meddled with. I see what you're you saying. Know what, you know what you're getting into, so don't be that director that goes, man, I had this film and I had this vision and the studio
0: fucked it up. They're going to fuck it up. This is, what like you, this is what Josh happens when you get in that But Yes. Yes. And, and I, if you
2: want to be an asshole about it, be Josh Trank.
0: Yes. But I feel like, to your point, I think you're right. I think this is what David Ayers, like we said, first time big budget movie. He's kind of doing that right here. He's kind of towing the line, not talking shit.
2: He's not towing the line at all. I don't think he's talked shit at all he, about it. No, stuff. that's no, what I'm not, saying. He's saying, once. this is my
4: cut.
0: Right. This is what we wanted. This but is that, my
2: vision. That's what you he have to do. Even,
1: he hasn't even said that there's his cut and there's the studio right. cut. Right. He's like, there's like six different versions of this movie, yeah. and one of them made it out into theaters, the
0: end. But you're right, Anthony. You just have to come in knowing, be ready for this. If you, if you <laughs> want if to if be away. a
2: director and make your own fucking films and have it not meddle with, then make a small-budget film or go indie. But even if you,
0: Scorsese? I mean, is that fair to even have him make w- these standards what, now because What's of fair bullshit? and
2: what's not? The world's not fair. When, you have,
1: when you're making $100
2: million – It's not fair dollars, to
0: art. It's not fair to art. That's when it. When, is it's it hurting the art of it.
1: That's because it's not seen as an art it's anymore. It's art. It's becoming,
0: money. It's a product. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Especially
3: that's – uh, Anthony, the thing don't you don't like understand – This is the thing. Intrinsically, like, the artist is what shakes things up. All right? The artist goes against the corporate thing because without that, there is no change. Without that, there is no growth. Without that, there is no future. And that's- so if a corporate company owns something, they are going to take all of that art out of it and just do bean counting and just give you, okay, we're going to do this for diversity. We're going to do this for that. We're going to pepper a little this for those fans and this and that. And then you get nothing. Everything is going to be the same. And, every, and we're going to be living in a world of, of, of zombieism. It is a
0: bleak sci- sci-fi future. Well, when, there's,
2: when there's hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. And you're tasked with making a billion-dollar film. You better be prepared to have that shit fucked with over and over and over, and have a million cooks in the kitchen.
3: But they have so much money to play with, Anthony. They really do, and they don't have to make these bu- big-budget films. You can make a film for sixty, like Deadpool, was seventy million dollars. Yeah. The issue you don't that, have to make a, you don't have to spend a shitload of money to make a fun movie.
1: That's, and I think that's the issue that that. DC and Warner Brothers faces is right now they are still convinced that if they put more money into it, they'll get more how, money out of. it. How much was this movie?
0: One seventy five million. Doesn't look like one hundred seventy five. No, no, they should. They should have been able to make this for a lot less. Yes, this. Will Will Smith cost the money? That's yeah. what. That's what cost. Yeah. The well, then,
2: then in the garbage in the sky. Yeah,
0: which <laughs> didn't look that great, really. Also,
3: I heard someone video said video game level shit. Someone it said Jurassic Park it was a breathing, living thing
2: that's. Yeah. you know whatever that, I, I just have to say though I'm not I'm not against the art I'm not against I'm not saying that no you I, guys I understand. yeah what I'm saying is that with, if yeah. you want to play with these guys this is what's going to happen so don't be that director that go don't yeah. be Josh Trent no, be, don't like, be no, like, no, you Josh have
3: the to problem do, if, you're, if you're working for a corporation you' got to take it up the ass right. so that's the problem exactly. is
1: that' it's, it's that Hollywood is going in a cycle right now when the Golden Age of Hollywood back in the the 30s and the 40s and everything you didn't see a movie because of a director you saw a movie because of a studio. You saw an, you saw a movie because it was an MGM picture, right? It wasn't until you had you know to a, a lesser extent when Howard Hughes became big, and then as time went even further down, you had your Spielberg and you had your Scorsese and you had you and then know, it became Martino actors also like yeah that you would go it to was, see a person yeah and that was the other side of it you also saw a movie because Cary Grant was in it yeah or whatever it may yeah. be but. What, it, it, the idea of the director selling the movie is such a new concept that to have it suddenly and it's something that we all grew up with yeah. because it was something that we knew at that point in Hollywood so to now have it switching back where they are more in the 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 mode of it's a studio film yeah, you're seeing and not a director film yeah is why there is such this push against it. Everyone wants to see what this director can do with it because we have been raised to believe the director is the one who's going to be the person that has the vision for this. We're in such a corporate mode again where it's because there is so much money floating around that no one gives a shit about the director because the director's not the one putting their money into it. The director's not the one who's going to fail if this movie doesn't do well. well, The the studios, when they saw that films can make
2: a billion dollars... That's when they're like, fuck the directors. Yeah,
4: and all up
0: a, I mean, that's a good point. Fuck Unprecedented.
2: Fuck, we're not trusting one man with this job. We need to make a
1: billion dollars. Who would have thought that and like – I think it's because – that, and that was – it was that moment. Again, I bring it always back to it was Dark Knight. Yeah. Because Nolan was so little known at this point. He'd made movies before but nothing that was so big – that they were able to give him a shoestring budget and get a lot of money out of Batman Begins. So they said, all right, we'll give you a little bit more money. And he said, but I want a little bit more control. And they said, all right, fine, whatever. And he put out a billion dollars. And all they saw was we gave him more money. We got more money. Great. Let's do that again. And they made a billion dollars again. But now because all it is is they see if we pump money this way, more money comes back the other way they never incorporated the idea that it was nolan nolan's right. movie is yeah. what made them this money so they just convinced themselves it has nothing to do with him
3: and yeah, that was that was the last movie that they made comic book wise as far as dc that had that Director's vision.
0: Yep. yep. And yeah. the fact that they gave him so much time. I mean, he shot movies in between each one. Imagine fucking do anybody trying to do that now. They'd be like, get the fuck out of here. We're gonna get the next guy to do yeah. three in a row for he us.
1: He was the last person to basically say to Warner Brothers, Sure, I'll make your Batman movie, but you have to give me a contract to make Inception.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. It's Nolan and like Raimi that are the last two directors that really had their fingerprints
1: all over
0: the... Yeah, a, yeah. A, Like a superhero. I mean, and you could kind were of like point at James Gunn, but... You yeah. could
1: say Singer, but his his style changed so much to fit what Fox wanted.
0: Yeah, it kind of
3: By Spider-Man 3, though, you could tell the studio yeah. started to fucking sniff around a that, lot That's boy. the
0: beginning of what we have now, but... I think Marvel is still just barely riding that line. You know, like we said, it is it's, safe, but like it's Anthony's, satisfying.
1: Like Anthony said, it's because Marvel understands that they – it's their property that they're making. It's their image that is being put out there, and it's their money that's on the line. So instead of riding the risk that they give it to someone like Edgar, Edgar Wright, right. who has his movie he wants to make – Yep it may have done well but they haven't they haven't gambled yet and they still haven't lost so they're not going to start now so
3: what do you think is going to be marvel's answer when people start getting fatigued on this
1: formula i i don't know what their answer is going to be but i honestly think that they are already heading to the breaking point, And I think it's going to be infinity war.
0: I mean, I think Dr. Strange is a good step in a different direction to fight the fatigue a little bit. Well, they're going, hope- they're
2: going strange with the, with the magic. And then they're well, the going problem- back to space. They're going, the,
1: they're going the high school route with Spider-Man
0: and I then back to, to space, space that with guardians
1: with Dr. Strange and Dr. Strange may be the first one is that first trailer for Dr. Strange looked fucking mind blowing. Yeah. The second trailer showed it. it's a
0: standard Marvel movie. Yeah, <laughs> with a shitty villain. And, so it's like, uh, it's like
1: it's a villain we don't know, we're probably not going to know the name of, and who's going to die by the end of it. Oh, and by the way, they've got little quips like, "Oh, this is the Wi-Fi password because we're not savages." I go. don't want a Wi-Fi password. I want to see them moving through fucking dimensions.
0: Origin story, lame villain, guy wins at the end, and he's now Doctor Strange. Moving and then, on,
1: and then the last shot is going to be that one with him in the fucking cape walking yeah. down the stairs. Mm
0: maybe, yeah, maybe, you maybe. Might, yeah you might be on there's something there but they gotta do something to fight you're right because they it's already starting to be formulaic it's, I mean, it's like, the movies are getting formulaic
1: yeah. and they are do their their big push right now is not to change the style or change how they they're moving with what this story they tell is it's we're putting more characters in it every time
0: <laughs> they really are look at fucking spider-man homecoming it's just bursting to I the seams like
3: That's the movie that's going to start turning people off of Marvel.
0: Homecoming?
4: Yeah. It has that
1: potential because it is so high profile at this point.
4: How dare you do this to us?
2: If you you could see the face that Imran just made, he is so frustrated that you could suggest that. Who gave you the right? (laughs) Why why would you suggest that to him?
0: Listen, we're ending this with you crushing my childhood dreams, but (laughs) look. If if we have
1: time, there's one other thing I wanted to bring up because we never touched on it. Wrap
0: it up with that. Let's go. The actual
1: making of Suicide Squad yeah. and all the shit that went on on set. So, outside of the stories of Jared Leto being crazy and sending there was people more dead things? pigs and used condoms... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Airs directory style. Apparently, they had... They actually had a psychologist on set in case anybody felt that they were getting overwhelmed uh, with this, with working on this movie. Oh
4: my! What? Because what, yeah. there were
1: points there were points where Air wanted, like in the middle of of a scene, he would stop directing and he would demand all of the actors share like terribly embarrassing and secretive moments of their life with each other. They <laughs> Legitimately had the cast get into fist fights with each other. Oh! To the I, point where, to the point where the the girl uh, Karen Fukuhara who plays uh, Katana wound up having to get into a fist fight with the dude who played croc oh,
0: and shit. kicked the shit out of him. I heard they punched each other on set as part of like uh, bonding or some shit.
1: It was, it was this weird, like macho bonding thing of like, well, because we're all supposed to be villains and villains are bad people. We're all going to hit each other. Huh. Um, well, <laughs> and it was yeah it was it was like you know he had it that um but when they they all got cast and just as they got on set he had every member of the cast taken off to a room and had legitimate police detectives just basically scream at them for hours
0: oh my god so, i look see this sounds a little unnecessary slightly pretentious and, and really it's, it's didn't... one of
1: these things where like if you're going for such a deep psychological movie about how it sucks being a criminal yeah sure but the movie we got reflects nothing Look, of what got exactly. put into it. Exactly. This yeah. is not
0: fucking apocalypse now, you assholes. They. How about? I didn't see any of that on the in the fucking movie.
1: No, the only thing that I saw in this movie that in any way like got to that was in a couple of the flashbacks when they showed like the guards being terrible people to them. Yeah. Like them. Yeah. Like them. Forced. You know, this. This honestly, if they had spelled it out a little better, I think people would have loved more. Was. When they had Harley Quinn strapped in the chair and they were force feeding her pudding through a hose in her Uh, nose. That
0: was pretty disturbing. Yeah, that was uh, was fucking brutal. Like that's that's the kind of like
1: fucked up dark humor that this movie initially was going to have.
0: Again, needed to be more Deadpool, less Guardians of the Galaxy. But you can't do that PG-13.
1: And that's the question I have. The question I'll leave it at is this because of the trailer that they made being very guardians of the galaxy and the people really responded to it. Yeah. Do you think the original cut of this movie would have been as funny as the movie that they cut it into? And if it wasn't, where would we have drawn the line of what the humor needed to be? I kind of feel
0: like seeing what we saw, I, it, parts of it went way a little too campy for me. I kind of feel like it would have been funny enough and dark. Well, they were always going to have
2: Harley be funny. I, yeah. think. I think that was always going to be a thing.
1: And I, think, I think Harley was going to be a funny character, and I think Boomerang was going to be comedy relief as well. Right.
0: And Will Smith is always good but, for a couple of those.
1: And I was gonna, Well, Will Smith was going to be Will Smith. Yeah. He was going to walk on set and ha 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 ha, ha and that was going to be great. <laughs> um,
0: I bet you it was funny enough and, and a little darker.
1: I wonder if their fear was that the, the humor wasn't light enough for the dark, non humor sections to not hit
0: weirdly. But it was, it was. the movie was still a tonal mess. At the I mean, same they time. were.
1: And that's, that's the thing, is, I wonder if it wasn't a tonal mess they made worse. I think so. I think so.
2: <laughs> I, well, they were still, I mean, the fact that they were going to have Slipknot be a serial rapist was a little extreme. Like, yeah. they,
1: they, they, they were, agreed. they were, they, there, there needed to be some reigning in. So I wonder, again, I'm, my biggest question, I guess, is will they go the same route as Batman versus Superman with their like ultimate edition DVD? Yeah. Because yeah. I-, um, I do, if I don't give a crap about seeing the extended version of Batman versus Superman. I may do it one day, but I have to be very, very upset with myself to do that. (laughs) I I, it'll probably end up
0: being a what the fuck
1: happens. I was going to say we're
0: gonna yeah. Once we get some time from it, we're gonna have to do that.
1: This is one of the movies where I want to see the other version.
0: At the very least, if he doesn't like integrity wise, whatever, want to do that, just put all the deleted scenes there. Just show me what was cut out. That's fine. I don't need it in the movie. I'll watch them later. I'll make up my own fucking mind. Yes. Ruggs, thoughts?
3: I'd like to see th- every cut of this movie. No. I, <laughs> one is enough. I'd like to see the darkest. I want to see the most polar opposite of this movie. The darkest timeline? <laughs> yeah, because we already got the... I'm sure that they put the funniest bits in this movie and the cheesiest bits in this movie. There's probably uh, other versions with more Joker, less Joker, whatever. But I just want to see like what he... With David Ayer What was he doing with these cops yelling at people and making them fight each other? All this dark shit that he wanted to happen. Like, okay, that sounds like some David Fincher shit, like that he did on Seven and Fight Club. Okay? Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, I would love to see an R-rated version of this movie, Anthony. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, unlike Batman versus Superman, where I was like, I don't give a fuck about whatever version they come out with. I would like to see what um, what David Ayer had up his sleeve. I think it might have been a little better. I'd be interested in seeing something like that.
0: I mean, the fascination is our, it's our first guy that's not Zack Snyder shooting this stuff. Right, so right. I want to see it. Why are you fucking cutting out all of it? <sighs> uh, all right, gang. Good discussion. We got some show business to discuss, and then we're going to wrap it up. Hey, if you're a nude listener, this may be your first show. Or a, or a nude listener. Or a nude listener. Yeah. Uh, every show is somebody's first show. Uh, you saw Suicide you think, Squad. There's you click... someone
2: walking walking around right now with our podcast playing just in the nude. Oh, absolutely. balls and hanging I out. I do it
0: all the time. And yeah. if you are... It's
1: probably a big hit on the nude beaches.
0: <laughs> listener, send us a selfie of you listening to the Jock and Nerd podcast. Nude. Uh, no, don't show at Jock and Nerd. Don't listen, no, please, Nerd. Please, don't listen no. to this idiot again. No. I do want to say... Check out and our Make la- sure not
1: to subscribe. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: Make> sure- <laughs> Speaking of which, go subscribe. Check out our last episode because, as we said at the top of the show, Blab is dead. I'm sad that the last episode was we a left.
2: Single tears running down your face. We like left Chief Blab.
0: Indian. I'm so sad. We left Blab with a pretty banger episode, though. I got to tell you, it was uh, lots of fun. A mashup of everything uh, with a, uh, a new friend of ours named Jeff Hillier from DeadX Radio who's in the paranormal investigation. We had Ghost Stories. Matt Dellhauer actually popped in for a little bit of that. What did you think uh, live, uh, Matt? You got the last Blab show ever. You should feel special. Uh,
1: like I said, I'm pretty sure I'm what killed it. That's right. Um, but, uh, yeah, to, to, it was the, the only time I got to be an audience member for Blab, so I'm glad it was the last time. No, I'm not. Um <laughs> Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely upset that it's, I didn't get to jump on the bandwagon sooner with you guys, and but at least I got to uh, experience it. You got the
0: experience. So that episode is com slash 120, and I wanted to share – I should have mentioned this on that episode. I remembered a ghost story about where my wife works. Uh, she works at this canine dog uh, center – uh, and daycare center called Urban Pooch. Basically, oh my god, is it Ghost Dogs? It, it, it's not Ghost Dogs, but it's in a part of Chicago called Ravenswood. Kind of an old part of Chicago along the track. So is it, it the rapper Ghost Dog? They go- <laughs> Dude, that movie Ghost Dog Way to Samurai? Fucking great movie. I love that movie. Check it out. Uh, so, It's a big warehouse. It's an open place. The dogs, there's no cages. They sleep on beds. And the handlers sleep there overnight with the dogs. So they've been open about four years. When they initially opened, the handlers would report hearing uh, footsteps at night, like uh, lots of footsteps. They would hear babies crying. They would hear conversations clear every evening, right? So the owner does a little digging. Turned out in 1903, there was a fire at a factory in that spot. Exactly. Lots of people died, right? So they have also, she said that they saw something on security camera. They saw like an aura. So they have a shaman buddy. The shaman had come in and basically what he said, it took him a couple of tries. He said there was a vortex in this one spot in the building where they were coming in and out and he couldn't get rid of them. He moved the vortex like outside of the building on the street and that kind of stopped all these weird occurrences. But uh, it's kind of like what he was talking about. Like I think that shit exists. Matt, you uh, you believe in ghosts, right?
1: Um. <laughs> No, but I was a ghost once <laughs> <laughs> I'm as On pale, a TV show. I'm as pale as a ghost. You can see. Uh, where- no, actually, I, I, I swear to God, I'm telling you the truth. What? All right. So um, Travel Channel does this show. I, I honestly, someone reminded me of this the other week. I, I actually forgot about it. Travel Channel used to do this show called The Most Haunted Places in America or huh? The Most Terrifying Places in America. Yeah. About, I'm going to say, five years ago. I played the ghost in a reenactment for one of those segments. Oh, so fuck. No I'm going
0: to have to look that up. That's so, out there somewhere. On, on,
1: on YouTube, it is uh, Most Terrifying Places in America, number seven. Oh, shit. The first segment is the red-headed hitchhiking ghost. <laughs> Up in like somewhere up in
0: Massachusetts. The ginger geek played a ginger ghost. That's too good. Link in the show notes, everyone. Definitely. I will have that video if I can um, find it personally.
1: I mean, I haven't really experienced anything that has has really given me any kind of reason to believe uh, in in ghosts or spirits or anything like that. I was honestly talking to my brother about this today because I was talking to him about the episode And what I say is I'm almost in this weird, like, uh, like Dana Scully in the second season of X-Files kind of a a attitude. Yeah. Nothing has really been proven to me. Yeah. But if it ever was, I would not be as disbelieving because, like, I want to believe that this kind of stuff is true because I think it's so fascinating. Yeah. I've just never experienced anything myself.
0: Like skeptic, but kind of open to it at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's like I, I won't believe it just because you say, well, I saw a ghost once. Yeah, bullshit.
0: Well, that's what we uh, – If I
1: see a ghost, it, I yeah. saw a ghost once. You better fucking believe me. I mean, right? that Jeff uh, – I'm of that mindset too.
0: What, that you have to uh, – I have you to gotta fucking see, it, see that. Yeah. Shit.
2: I mean, I have no reason to doubt Jeff, but I'm just of that mindset too. That's why I was, those uh,
1: – I'm also not one where I'm – like when Jeff was on, I didn't – I wasn't going to be the guy
0: who was like, yeah, bullshit. <laughs> like if,
1: if, you, if you saw a ghost, great, man. Like I haven't but I want to hear your story.
0: I believe Jeff did, but that's the problem I had with. Remember that fucking dude, John Edwards crossing over and he would do these fucking bullshit cold readings uh, about people's loved ones. And I was always like, "Uh, uh, the only way I can believe this is if if I go there and he does it. But apparently it was all horse shit. Uh it was creepy though. Uh so yeah, check out that show last episode. Uh I want to mention another thing. It's a really cool charity event with our buddies David Molofsky, Place to Hang Your Cape. They are producing a calendar for this year. Uh, and it's all for anti-bullying. It's called the Power for Good Calendar in, in partnership with the Anti-Bullying Alliance for Anti-Bullying Week in November. They want kids' drawings. They're going to get artists to uh, d- flesh them out and, and render them. And uh, I'm going to do one of, the, one of the months. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you got to be under 16. I'll put links in the show notes if you want to submit art. And then there's the little fundraising. They're doing an Indiegogo. They got to uh, raise about $1,100 and not a lot this thing, to get this thing funded. And you get like a uh, hanging wall calendar and all this stuff. Let's see where they are. So, so they got until November. The,
2: the moral of this is – or the message that should be coming out of this is that all you fucking kids that are listening to our podcast – Start drawing and shit. And yeah, you yeah, fucking little send fucks. Them in, little fucks.
0: Send, and I wanted to shout out – I wanted to shout <laughs> this out again because check the show notes for the links. It's a really good cause, anti-bullying and, again, I had another flash memory of one of the first times I was picked on yeah. totally randomly. Was it here at the podcast? No, it was not here at the podcast.
1: The, was listen, it about the, the ghost jizz in your beard?
0: It was before <laughs> the ghost jizz filled to the brim. It was around second or third grade. I, uh, I went to Chicago Public School CPS, and this is like the little memory that I have. Those, this little black girl that sat in front of me.
4: Yeah.
0: Periodically, she would turn around and just punch me square in the chest. Oh shit! Uh, true story. I don't why know why she, she had a crush black. on you. Why are you
3: mentioning that she's black, Emraan? That's racist. It
0: yeah. uh, th- was a little black girl. That's all it's- I remember. It was Chicago, Imran. It was Chicago. It was public school. But I feel like to this day, I still kind of punched you in the chest. She just punched me right in the chest, dude.
2: Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's she because it. she had a crush on you. No, I
0: don't think. I don't think that was why. I don't think that was why. And I, I, I think I was still, it because you're Muslim. I maybe. I mean, well, <laughs> have gotta work had, on that confidence. that the worst
3: bullying that you ever got, Imran.
0: Ah, uh, you know, it wasn't really that bad. At that point, I think I had the vitiligo around the eyes. I may have already started to look different than other kids. Maybe that's why she's like, I'm gonna. Just punch you. And I still feel like to this day, I still have that, hey, I want to punch you in the face kind of look about me. I think. You do? Right? Yeah, oh, right? Yeah, <laughs> I thought so. That's
2: true. You do. You have yeah. a punchable face for sure. <laughs> that's not the
0: worst bullying. Most of it
2: would get absorbed in your. Cum- I have come
3: my computer
0: before
2: <laughs> just looking
3: at you. <laughs> I like giving Imran titty
0: twisters. <laughs> uh, yeah, that brings back really bad memories. Look, guys, I have two iTunes reviews. I want to share. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, If you want to leave an iTunes review, go to jockandert.com slash review, and you can leave awesome reviews like this titled Dazzling Spontaneity. Five stars from the Blue Streak Science Podcast. This show is what podcasting is meant to be. I laughed. I cried. I vomited a little in my mouth, but mostly I laughed. Even if you're not into comic book culture, this podcast still hits the mark because the talent behind the mics is there. Great fun. Mm, he's lying. There's no talent thank behind Thank you, mics. B- Blue Streak Science. And then another one, Comic Book Nerd, five stars by Let's Explore. Adrian, how is it possible for a jock and nerd to be friends? It's not. The, uh, through comic books. That's how. If you are a fan of anything comic book related, listen to this show. Your ears will thank you later. nerd. Thanks for leaving those reviews. That's awesome. Oh.
1: They all seem to have found the wrong page for Mark Maron.
0: <laughs> they really love the interviews. I hope, of I inter- hope
1: none of them subscribed
0: to our podcast. <laughs> they, well, they said not to. <laughs> I think they might have been subs- leaving a review for a different podcast and I got confused. Uh.
1: Well, if you want to leave a, a review on iTunes, they can tell us what they think the best way to bully Imran would be. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're totally getting the message wrong on the place to hang.
2: We
0: really team. are. <laughs> we want to stop bullying. Really, look, you love superheroes. Stop
2: bullying, but you can bully Imran. You can bully me. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm
1: uh, bully little kids. Bully Imran. Bully
0: Imran. His, se- beard, his beard now. can take it. I am a seasoned uh, victim of the bullying, so I'm <laughs> just fine. Uh, Del Howard, thanks for hanging out. Where can they find you? What do you want people to do?
1: Uh, they can find me on the Twitters, at Matt Del uh, Learn how to spell, and you'll find me. Whoa. um outside, outside of that uh, i don't really write all that much for uh how do i jump just because i'm lazy but i will try <laughs> and do that occasionally outside of that they can usually find me on the weekly jump podcast over there as well yep. as an upcoming episode of the geek chorus where i will be blowing minds about the killing joke movie
0: oh right on i'm gonna have to check that one out uh rugs where you live you can find you can find me on the on Twitter <laughs> on 123 Fake Street. <laughs> uh, yes.
3: That's where I live. That's is um, a PO box. Yes. 789. That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at reallyrugboy. And you can come uh, look at me, uh, post shit about Dan Slot, how he sucks. <laughs>
0: Dan Slot sucks. Uh, thanks to the networks that are carrying the show, We Be Geeks, A Place to Hang Your Cape, Tangent Bound Network. You can hear us on geekliferadio.com every 9 p.m. Wednesday Central on their Geek Stream. And Carlos from Blab, who runs The Lounge Network, he's posting all our YouTube shows on The Lounge Network. Check out the theloungenetwork.com. Uh, for uh, he's spreading our shows over that way. Sweet. Woo. Good shit. Nice. Oh, uh, they want to get in touch. What do they do, Anthony?
2: They should just contact us. How do, <laughs> how do they do that? <laughs> they should probably just get in touch with us. They should probably just get in touch with Think us. Think
0: really hard. Maybe and we snail will
2: be there. mail? No, uh, com slash contact. There's a million ways to contact us.
0: I'm going to do reverse, reverse psychology. Do subscribe to the show. Oh, Jockanderd.com slash review. And then leave us a rating and review. I subscribed this random dude who was at a street fair when I was helping my wife the other day. Oh, yeah? He was, uh, yeah. Was he blind? And that was homeless. <laughs> he, was, he was slightly drunk. And so I grabbed his phone and uh, subscribed. He him. was slightly
1: Ibron, drunk. Kim just steals strangers' phones and subscribes <laughs> to his own podcast with them.
0: It is as uh, non-conventional as my marketing strategy to tell people not to subscribe. But, uh, oh, shit. I'm, I'm guarantee you've never heard anybody say that on a podcast. Finally, listener, just tell a friend if you had a good time. Share this with a geek buddy. Give him one of these. Jock. And nerds. Spread the geekery. Join the empire of stupidity. Thanks for listening. This is the Jocker Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. We'll hear you later.
1: Ron, you understand that they hear us. We don't hear them, right? They can't actually talk back to us? Very, no. Very rarely. Damn it. I mean, they could be real loud, but they also have to what be outside those, the house. What
0: are those voices in my head? Listener, we might do a post show. If we do, it's going to be on Patreon. com slash Patreon. This is it. And I'm cutting, it, cutting you out now. Check out
4: Patreon. What? Woo.